So there's, tra- there's a tragic story coming out of uh, Texas, a mass shooting. And leftist researchers in the corporate press are running with this story that they've discovered the profile of this individual. And lo, this Mexican man is actually a white supremacist. Now, the thing is, it seems like researchers have uh, dug through this profile. It does not seem to be real. This person was posting weird things in the past couple of weeks to no followers and to no one. But of course, the media is going to run with it. In this, there are uh, on this profile, there are posts about libs of TikTok. And I believe it's four clips from this show from one particular episode. That was enough for them to come out. And yeah, now Tim Pool is trending and claim that this individual was a fan of this show. Yeah, I'm going to come out uh, outright and just be like, you're liars. That's not the case. You don't get to say someone posted a clip one time in your fan because by that metric, Media Matters is our biggest fan. Shout out to Media Matters for being huge fans of, uh, of this show. But come on, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. And we, and we all know it. I think the real issue here is a tragedy happened. And of course, once again, the left is trying to weaponize it for political points. We saw what happened in Nashville only a month or so ago, and it was a tragic story. They still have not released the manifesto, but it was really, really bad. This The shooter was transgender. Many people had questions about what the motivations were, and we haven't gotten the manifesto. And all of a sudden, the next time you get some major tragedy, they discover this profile that just so happens to implicate those demanding the manifesto. The one thing I can say to all of this, I'm not going to do what PewDiePie did and come out and be like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry, dude. We are one of the biggest podcasts in the world. I'm not trying to humble brag. We have one of the largest live audience on, on YouTube every night. So a lot of people watch the show and not everybody who watches it likes the show. So y'all can go shove it. But uh, I, I think you're full of it. And I, I quite literally don't care what the cult thinks anyway. We're just going to keep doing what we do. But we're going to talk about this story because it does involve us. And as I'm going through the news, there's my name trending alongside Libs of TikTok, who I think does very great and important work. So we'll talk about all of that. But my friends, before we do, head over to castbrew.com and pick up this delicious Rise with Roberto Jr. breakfast blend coffee. Castbrew.com. It's our coffee company. We're sponsoring ourselves. So every time you buy your coffee from Cast Brew, you're basically helping support our ventures. We've got Rise with Roberto Jr. We got Appalachian Nights. We also have a Colombian roast and a French roast. And with every purchase of Rise with Roberto Jr., you also receive a picture of Roberto Jr., our rooster, right there in the back of the bag. And uh, I know that picture will, will inspire you and um, comfort you in your darkest of times. So uh, Casper.com, if you want to uh, support the show and pick up some coffee and also head over to TimCast.com, click that join us button, become a member, support the show directly, and you'll get access to our uncensored members only shows Monday through Thursday at 8 p.m. We're going to have one of those up for you tonight. And you can get, a- get access to our Discord server where you can actually submit questions and call into the show. So support our work, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us today to talk about this and so much more is Kyle Serafin. Here I am. Who are you? What do you do? So I'm a former FBI agent. Uh, I say recovering FBI agent. It's actually a lot easier to uh, explain to people. It's kind of like being an alcoholic when you're part of something that you didn't want to be part of. And maybe you can step away from that. Uh, I spent six years with the FBI and then another year unpaid where they claimed I was an employee. But they took my badge. They took my gun. Uh, I didn't have any responsibilities. I wasn't allowed to claim that I was an FBI employee, but they claimed it, which is an interesting kind of move. Sometimes when you work with the government, you get this uh, very weird one-sided power relationship. But I started off as a whistleblower in uh, 2021 in October, 
Uh, that doesn't usually go over very well. The first thing I did was expose <laughs> something about the uh, the FBI going after parents at school board meetings. Wow. So once you start doing that, uh, you might as well pot commit to it and go all the way. So we've exposed a bunch of stuff. I've worked with Project Veritas in the past. And then um, most recently, we exposed something about how the FBI was going to investigate radical traditional Catholics, which is always a good move because uh, everyone knows there is nothing closer to a white supremacist than a person who likes the Latin mass. So that was one of the games. And uh, anyway, I just am a full-time sort of anti Anti, what do they call it? Anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremists. I think that's the way that they probably tagged me in their files. And uh, not a spying on you. They got to be. Uh, I'm they, pretty. They so when they claimed that parents were terrorists, that information came out because you blew the whistle. Yeah, there were two of us. I don't know who the other person was. I was the first one that brought it to my congresswoman in New Mexico, and. Um, Essentially, I, I read it and, you know, th there was this sort of backlash where they said, oh, we're not going to be investigating parents. It's like, well, it's actually called the Federal Bureau of Investigation for a reason. It's, it's actually what they do if you think that they just do intelligence things. It's because they're doing investigations. So that's how it started. And, um, you know, once, once you start down that road, uh, you're probably not long for working for government agencies. But uh, it turns out you also get to keep your integrity, which is helpful. Right on, man. Thanks for hanging out. This should be uh, this should be interesting. We got Seamus Coglin, yeah. dressed, dressed all nice. Absolutely. And by the way, good for you, man. I, that, that's really incredible work. Uh, I'm glad you blew the whistle on that stuff, especially someone who goes to the Latin Mass and also someone who doesn't like what these groomers school boards are doing to kids and thinks that parents should be fully empowered to stand up to them. But my name is Seamus Coglin. Uh, I create cartoons at a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes, and I also have a podcast on Rumble called Shamer. If y'all want to check that out, I'm excited for a nice show. Hi, everybody. I am uh, Phil Labonte, lead singer of All That Remains, anti-communist and counter-revolutionary. And this is my homie. My name is Serge.com. I'm excited for this evening. It'll be fun to talk to you. Um, let's get started. I think Ian got abducted. You know, he's <laughs> just really? gone. By like aliens? We woke up and he wasn't here anymore. Oh, my God. So, you know, he, that, he's, he's in there. Dude, we got the former FBI off. guy here. He's, I know nothing about nothing. <laughs> just about all that. All right, let's <laughs> jump into this. Not to my knowledge. That's correct. That? It's an ongoing investigation. That we can't make any comment <laughs> about it at this point. Let's jump into this first story. We have this from NBC News. What we know about the slain Texas mall massacre suspect, Mauricio Garcia. Garcia, with a tactical vest, was armed with a rifle and a handgun. A senior law enforcement official said authorities said he was a suspected neo-Nazi sympathizer. Now, this story is it's a tragedy. It's unfortunate. And um, we have, unfortunately, too many of these stories that uh, end up happening in the media. Or I'm sorry, that end up happening and then end up hitting the media. So, I mean, the first thing I just want to say before we get into any of the politics from either side is, yeah, we don't want these things to happen. We want these things to stop. We need to figure out what the issue is in our society, in our culture. I genuinely believe it's disassociation it is it is a dejected society where individuals don't know or care about each other and they seek validation or they seek to push some extremist ideology and then this whole thing creates a recipe for disaster and i'll put it simply i think it's multiculturalism and not the idea that people of all different types are holding hands on the rainbow it's that you have different communities stacked on top of each other and next to each other with wildly different views and they don't like each other and then People who are crazy will do crazy things. But what ends up happening today, we have this story from the Daily Mail. Revealed Texas gunman staked out Massacre Mall to monitor peak times three weeks before killing eight and posted details on Russian social media alongside photos of Nazis, guns and ammunition. You see, here's where we get into the PSYOP. No one knows if this Russian social media profile is actually, it actually belongs to this guy. A Bellingcat researcher named Eric Toller just said, I found this profile that looks like it's his. In fact, I'm pretty sure he even said, I didn't verify it. I don't know. 
Now, the photos that are coming out, I don't want to show uh, many of them considering the sensitive nature of these things. They don't show his face. And Ian Miles Chong actually found that most of these photos are from five years ago on a random subreddit that we're making fun of these people. So the whole story seems to be strange, but let's jump to this from Andy No. He says, the brown face of white supremacy, a leftist Bellingcat writer has posted screenshots from the purported obscure, odd, not, how do you pronounce this? Odd, not, Nikki social media profile of the Allen, Texas mass shooter, Mauricio Garcia. He's trying to link the shooter to Timcast and libs of TikTok. The account has photos of random Latino people wearing or posing in front of neo-Nazi symbols. Bellingcat is a government funded site that was sourcing from intelligence agencies. It employs radical leftist writers. And then I think I've got, uh, do I have Ian Miles Chong here? Ian Miles Chong says, posting on Blue Sky, Media Matters for America researcher Parker Malloy tells former Twitter uh, trust and safety head Yoel Roth that not banning libs of TikTok may have caused the Allen, Texas mass shooting. Oh. And then we have this. That's why. So <laughs> stupid. Now, now we know. Well, this is the left's argument Idiots. for everything why, now. Why they, Shut yeah. up or there will be more mass well, shootings. Yeah, the, Don't uh, state your point or there will be more mass shootings. It's, that's, it's, that's their argument that's for That's all it is. The whole point is they want to connect the anyone that would speak in a way that they do not approve of, and which is essentially they're in control of, they want to link them to, to any kind of bad thing that they can. I mean, you look at Timcast and, you know, it was swatted 15 times last mm -hmm. year here, and and they're saying plus, that plus bomb threats. Yeah, and yep. they're saying that that Timcast is causing stochastic terrorism, even though they continue like the, the there's leftists that are constantly saying, oh, Timcast does this and, and they do this and blah blah blah. It's like it's literally the iron law of woke projection. Can we can we change the name researcher to propagandist because I think it's more accurate and it, it feels more genuine if That's we just all it is. Let's just call it what it is. What they are. You can't be a researcher for Bell and Cat or Media Matters if you have an agenda. If, if your whole you're pushing an agenda. Yeah. If your whole exactly. job is to to look for people that have a different political opinion and then cast them in the most negative light imaginable, you're not a journalist. Nope. You're not a researcher. You are a propagandist. So they're leftist propagandists. They're just commies. They're just, I mean, they're look, just commies. I, I, I really just don't care because I think they, they've just lost. I just Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. Carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Just, I, I feel nothing of this. Well, they're, they're at other, the ad hominem level, right? They're, yeah. attacking, they're attacking you. They're saying you must be obviously aff affiliated with. I thought, by the way, the, uh, the brown face of white supremacy was Larry Elder. I'm pretty sure we it's had the, a no, black no, face. Yeah, black oh, face. there's yeah. a big difference there. So big this, this big is the brown. Error on your part, but we, the, it's okay. It's yeah, okay. all right. You know, we, 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 yeah. <laughs> End of the day, though, when they start getting into the, the, the ad hominem attacks, like they've already lost the argument. There is no fundamental argument against it. They're going to attack your character. They're going to attack your, your values. But it doesn't have anything to do with what, like, did they make a strong point where they think this guy was somehow, you know, there, there, there was a four period. episodes. 
where the media had enough influence to where I may have been concerned about this and then been like, oh, do I got to put out a statement? I remember when uh, the New Zealand shooting happened and the guy said, subscribe to PewDiePie or whatever. Right. And then PewDiePie was all like, yo, oh man, like, hey, look, yo, and I'm kind of just like, shut up. I, I look at this and I'm like, shut your mouth, belling cat. You guys are fucking idiots. Well, you know, you, you get me swearing. But like, it's a it's a random profile from Russia. The credibility is almost nothing. And there's four clips from one show, one time. And so I just look at this and I'm like, let me tell y'all a story about when the Southern Poverty Law Center found a Holocaust denying conspiracy theory website from Iran that listed me as a speaker. I have never been to Iran and then claimed that I was a speaker and they had to retract and delete it and apologize because the best part the best part was this. Me and a few other people threatened a lawsuit saying, like, how could you just say this ridiculous fake garbage? And they knew. Typically, when it comes to defamation lawsuits, they're really hard. Mm -hmm. But what they would have to say is either they knew it was fake or me, uh, Southern Poverty Law Center believes that Holocaust denying conspiracy websites based in Iran that were previously deleted and then hosted as an archive are credible sources of information that they rely on. And I was like, I'd be willing to accept them winning the case if they state that publicly. <laughs> that would be fantastic. We, yeah, we, we, you know, if they, they come on and say, we, we do often find archives of conspiracy theory websites based in Iran as, and, and use that as relevant fact for our, for our sources. So I, I look at this and I, I just say one thing. Wow, they must be really desperate. The, the, the transgender shooter in Nashville must have terrified them to the bone. Because the other day, yeah. when we were in Miami, I was hanging out at Hard Rock Seminole, and this is what people were talking about. You hear what just happened in, in, you know, in Texas? And I was like, yeah, and then someone goes, and that Nashville thing with that, that, that transgendered person. And I'm like, uh-oh, when a regular dude who doesn't know a whole lot about anything is talking about that stuff, you can see exactly why they're freaking out. Well, this is the apple of discord too, right? So it's, it's that golden apple, it says to the fairest, it's just a shiny object. They toss it in the middle of the room. It doesn't have to have any meaning behind it other than whatever you ascribe to it. And people on the left have ascribed exactly what they wanna feel. They fill in all the blanks. It doesn't matter that it's weak Russian. It doesn't matter that it's not backstopped. That's what we call that in the intelligence world. There's no backstop behind it, right? It doesn't go deep enough for there to be any kind of validity. And yet, it says what I want it to say. Yeah. It, it pegs my enemy in the way that I want it to peg them. So it's effective. And nobody looked into it any further because they don't care. They're not trying to find truth. What they're trying to find is, am I reaffirmed in my belief, whether it's that they hate you or that they hate, uh, you know, that it's, it's obviously guns and white supremacy and all the other things that they're going to demonize. Just, I don't, just toss that shiny object in there. I, I, I really do wonder, like, what is the, what is the end goal of, of, trying to, to claim this guy was a fan of libs of TikTok or Timcast. It, it has nothing to do with us. What is what what's banned? What why, why would we get banned? I know. I, I think it would be ridiculous I, for them to ban you, but that's, that's the angle. Not but that's the angle that they're trying to go with. But this, this that's is my why point. they're talking about it. That's why your enemies are continually it, it, bringing this up and I I, dis I disagree. I disagree. I, I get your point and maybe that's the intention, but it's just like there's literally nothing they can do. The, 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 it, 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 it doesn't work that way. With Alex Jones, they desperately try to find anything. Mm -hmm. And this was several years ago, but the yeah. media has lost so much power and influence. They may as well be posting this. I mean, they're literally posting but, it on Blue they Sky. But they don't know it. No, they're on yeah. Blue Sky. It's like, do we know? Do you guys know what Blue Sky is? No. No. No, no you never heard of it? <laughs> okay. Do. Well, you do. I do. Uh, but the average person's like, I have, Tim, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. This is, uh, correct me if I'm right, Jack Dorsey's uh, yeah. new thing. Yeah. It, they're on some obscure website spitting into the wind and it's laughable. But it got coverage in the Daily Mail. They so, don't mention me or yeah. libs of TikTok. Okay. 
So the thing that's fun about it, I mean, obviously they're trying to accomplish an agenda and they also haven't realized that they've lost all their capital. Yep. So they're spending money that has no value, right? Exactly. They're out there spending this. They're attempting to do something with this sort of website, with this sort of story, but it doesn't get any traction, but it used to. And they're doing the same thing. It's like a, it's like a toddler that's still throwing tantrums when you know that they're not going to pass out. They're not going to die if they pass out. So you're letting them pass out. Mm -hmm. So now they're throwing the tantrums and those tantrums come out exactly what you'd expect. It's like, we're just going to watch you until you stop. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no outcome to this. That's going to be beneficial. So exactly. But, but who cares? Like, let them, let them tire got, themselves I, out. I got some direct messages from people and they were like, whoa, what's going on? And I was like, I always tell people, don't send me stuff when people like I, I, I've got so many people saying so much stupid crap about me all day, every day. I literally don't care. You know, today, you know, what, what, what are we doing? Um, I'm having some sea bass for dinner, complaining on the Internet. That's about it. This is meaningless. It's, it's unfortunate what happened in Texas, but the left is looking for any kind of political angle. You take a look at what happened after Nashville. Mm -hmm. They claimed the trans person was one of the victims. Exactly. They're trying desperately to spin this. So you want to bring this stuff up? I will dedicate a whole sec, a whole, a whole segment to uh, the Nashville. You know what? Let's do. Let's let let's here, do it. Here it comes. You know, um, <laughs> you ask for it, you get it. You get you you get what to, what you ask for, my friends. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's jump to this next story from the Daily Mail. National Police Association sues to make trans Nashville sh school shooter Audrey Hale's manifesto public days after cops said they were pausing plans to release it due to pending litigation. The National Police Association filed the suit on April 28th for the release of the Audrey Hale's penned manifesto. Calls for the release of Hale's manuscript has, have grown since Hale opened fire on the Covenant School in Nashville. So here we have a story about a transgender woman who killed three children and faculty members and we still don't know the official reason. But how funny is it that a day after what happens in Texas, researchers funded by and supported by intelligence agencies just happened to have found an obscure Russian social media profile. Of course, it's Russian. That was posting to no one with no followers. Yeah, yeah sorry. I, 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 I'm just I'm not going to buy it. But, it's, you know, like if regular people want to believe this stuff, I don't care. It's true. It's not like it was his Facebook page. It's not like it was his Twitter account. It's not like he had some YouTube page with a ton of stuff on it. I, I think that I read that there is a YouTube page, but it wasn't it wasn't extensive. So the whole idea that that there's this this long history of him watching these things and blah, blah, blah. These are very, very uh, superficial and only surface level connections. And they're doing everything they can to make it, you know about about it, it's the spaghetti technique exactly yes you throw yeah. it against the wall you Whatever see what sticks, sticks yeah, and none of this is going to stick and it's, it's weak and, and like it, i said it's not backstop it's not shorts what's interesting too is look national police association is the one suing for it yeah and i don't claim to speak for all law enforcement but i know enough people that work in the law enforcement world that's the background that i came out of and i've got buddies who are former cops i got buddies that are former federal agents they all want this thing public there's no excuse for not exposing it and and so generally speaking people and that's that's the nice thing about the story is that you see there is someone from the national police association putting money behind a lawsuit saying we are trying to get this thing out i guarantee you the people that work for nashville pd want it out too they want to because their officers responded in a flawless way yeah. a technically yeah. like outstanding response to what happened right they went Heroes. out there and they solved the problem in a way that and when you look at those guys like they were not they were not gung-ho about being that that wasn't the day they planned the mm -hmm. guy even gave his press conference i thought it was really emotional but they want this thing out, too, because they want to say, look, this is evil in the world. We're calling it out. That's what you sign up to but do as a cop. This is, this is a good example of the big problem of our attention spans in society in yeah. that when the cops do a bad job, they get all the attention in the world. When it comes to Uvalde, there's story, 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 nonstop questions. Why did this happen? How did this happen? And uh, we don't give enough attention or gratitude to the officers who do the job right. 
on, as tragic as it is. Yep. But they rush in. You, I mean, that, that body camera footage of what happened, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's going to be taught in tactical. Yep. Uh, so the, uh, the actual techniques are called alert. That's the training that people go through. It's a law enforcement um, standard across the country. It comes out of Texas State University in uh, San Marcos. Yeah, put out this thing after Columbine because they said, we got to standardize the idea that we're going to have cops going into these scenarios and they're going to do it the right way. So they wrote the book on it. I have the book actually in my garage and they teach it at multiple different levels. These guys executed a masterclass in that because you never know all the information. They got keys to the doors. That's a huge, just a head up move they rolled in they uh they had comms they had one guy that was driving everything they had another guy that was doing you know the, the, you know people get tax saturated they go into a room and they just all they can pay attention to is staying alive because there's a potential shooter behind every door mm -hmm. and they went right to that threat as soon as they heard something they changed tactics i mean these guys crushed it and they should be the focus there should be they should be at the white house Yep. You know, yeah. honestly, yes, absolutely. because we had losers show up at the White House and get medals for, you know, medals of freedom. These guys did the thing. They, I, I did a whole show on this called the, the Super Bowl of Masculinity, but it's essentially like, imagine you woke up in the morning, you put on your pants like you normally do. You went and you started your car, you had your coffee, you went to go do your thing. And suddenly it's like, today is your day to be a man at the highest level that you can be a man. You are going to save children and put your life on the line right now. And no one's giving you any warning. You're getting tapped from nowhere to step into the Super Bowl and throw a touchdown pass. Yep. And those guys completely completed the pass like and they crushed it yeah, and man. they and everyone now knows you will get no you'll get limited gratitude that's right limited they they won't give you a, a week of airtime like they give the bad cops you will not be invited to the white house no book deal no book deal yeah. well i mean look it's human nature right uh good things just happen bad things are somebody's fault hmm that's intense. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's really sobering. And honestly, it's really sad too. Yeah. That, because that is, there, there was a time when we did celebrate heroes that did heroic yep. things. This country used to understand that. And now it's about the, the media cycle, which generates clicks and likes. And it's got to be rage-based. Not it, only, it is. I, I think there, there's a good, there's an argument to be made that on the left, there was more celebration of the shooter than there was of the police officers who went in there and took them out. 100. So you saw those left-wing protesters going, there were seven victims here. Unbelievably insane. And then you also had the media going out and engaging in not only apologetics, for the left-wing narrative, but essentially for the act of violence that took place, if it was motivated by left-wing ideology, imagine, right? Imagine we had nailed down conclusive proof that the reason that this maniac committed this recent shooting was because he was a white supremacist and he did this because he believed there was a white genocide, et cetera, et cetera. Imagine if when the media was talking about it, they followed up the story of the event with, but white people are having their rights taken away, and there is an effort to import other people to replace them. And they them. claimed he was a victim. <laughs> and, and this shooter was a victim. But that is literally exactly what happened. Though. I know. I know. <laughs> so it makes it even more insane. But that is literally exactly what happened when this trans person shot a bunch of children. Yep. All the stories were, now, we should remind you that trans rights are under threat in this country. There is really a trans genocide, etc., etc., etc. Well, on that last point, I think there is... You know, well, the left, well, because the left is sterilizing them. Right, we talked about that with, uh, with yeah. Lance. You know, we talked about the left, like, say there's a transgenocide, and I'm like, well, I, I agree. I think it's when you sterilize trans people, it's prevent them from reproducing. I'm, that's not, I, I seriously think so. I mean, it's, it's terrifying. Well, yeah. And I would prefer it if they would stop, but... It's right out of Rules for Radicals, though, right? Accuse your opponent of what you're doing. They accuse us of being genocidal for saying, don't sterilize kids. And yeah. people believe it. It's ridiculous. Well, so... Will we get, do you guys think we'll get the manifesto? The police have already intimated this was, I think they already said it was politically motivated, motivated by resentment. And the rumors I've heard from uh, various sources is that it, it seems to explicitly reference 
conservatives trying to re restrict child sex change surgery. I've heard the same. Mm -hmm. And, and <laughs> I, I will say whether this comes out or not could be dependent on whether there are people in the intelligence agencies who are willing to blow the whistle like you did. Yes. And if, if it's actually, first of all, somebody read this that was picking up, this was going to be a, a frontline cop. This is somebody who was conducting the search warrant at the house that was conducting the search of the premises that booked it into evidence. This thing had some eyes on it. Right. That's why we're getting some of the information we're getting. So some of those people, they, you know, they, the, the sad thing is this, our country used to celebrate a look behind the curtain, a look into sort of like what the government is up to when they're keeping it from us. That's what the New York, the New York Times used to do that sort of thing. Classified documents being leaked. That was a celebration on behalf of the media because they said we're going to hold the powerful to account. And journalism used to be a blue collar endeavor. And now what we see is they defend whatever that narrative is on the, behalf of the government. We were talking before we started, but it's like, when did the kids stop being so punk rock? Yeah. Like the whole game used to be that whatever the man wants, I'm going to do the opposite, even if it's dumb for me. The kids are yeah, not doing the, that the, anymore. The band The Offspring has a song on their first album that I cannot say the name of. If I say the name of one of the songs on their first album, and anybody can Google it, it would likely result in some men in suits knocking on my door the next day. Let me just put it that way. They, they, the name of the song is a direct threat on government officials, mm. telling, instructing people to do a thing. And they had that song available, I think, for like 10 or 12 years until I, I had it on cassette. The song? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you probably did. <laughs> I had the first album on cassette. And then you definitely did. And uh, <laughs> this was punk rock. And yeah. then they got famous and rich, and now their uh, guitar player has me blocked on Twitter. Talk about like just a crazy. Well, e even the idea. The, it's 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 not punk. It's not punk. Well, you know. Well, I think Gavin McGinnis said it. He said the most punk rock thing in the world you could do right now is like marry somebody of the opposite sex <laughs> and then go make some babies and take yeah. them to church and raise you know human beings that pay taxes. Yep. Like that's punk rock right it's now. Funny that's funny. That's what my wife and I are doing. It's the funniest thing you can imagine. But you look over and there's there's memes too where they say like what you thought the resistance and the rebellion was going to look like, what it actually looks. like. Like, right yeah. and what you thought it looked like was like people burning stuff in the streets and having the zombie apocalypse you know fight back yeah and what it looks like is like people homesteading and growing a garden you know having <laughs> having their own animals like you guys do here yeah. so a lot of that is you know the resistance is not what people think it is but uh but that's because kids stop being punk rock they stop looking to resist whatever the mainstream is and we were talking about bootlickers it's the same thing mm -hmm. it's like apparently that's a virtue now well it's it's also funny because like 99 percent of the people who will call you a bootlicker like want higher taxes and to live in a pod <laughs> and eat bugs yeah govern me harder right like, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's it's remarkable how quickly it changes. Even up until 2021, the idea of revolution or revolt or insurrection were celebrated. I remember during the George Floyd BLM riots, there were right. left-wingers posting online, hey, conservatives who claim you care about the Second Amendment, now would be a good time to rise up against the government since yeah. they're violating our human rights. And then January comes around, oh my goodness, we're in a country full of insurrectionists. <laughs> yep. How could the right wing try? And of course, we all know J6 wasn't an insurrection. It's all nonsense. But the the point still stands because they labeled it an insurrection now insurrection is a no-no but they were they were literally fans of it when people were burning down cities when right. the white house was surrounded and the barricades were broken down and they forced the government uh, the, the president into the bunker and the gravel institute tweeted that they thought it was good that it happened but it was just the wrong people hmm. mark hughes yep it's all herbert it's all standard leftist tactics we yeah, talk about this is. stuff all the time and we i mean but they're not changing their mind no they're not they, no. and they're not going to change and, because and this is a thing that works think. so here's the thing i i was in portland when they had the riots i did an undercover surveillance mission there for about uh, about two weeks 
uh, which was interesting and spicy. There were things that were pretty rowdy. I watched a 7-Eleven get taken over. That was really weird. There were dudes on the top of the 7-Eleven across from the Portland Police Bureau's Union Hall, which is like their, you know, wherever their union meets. And they were throwing fireworks off there, you know, explosive devices that could have done real damage. And at the same time, I was also outside of Lafayette Square the day after they burned it and they burned St. John's Church. We were standing there toe to toe with Secret Service guys who had caught bricks in the head and nobody seemed to be upset about it. And then the other crazy thing that you'd see was these like, and it's always these lib leftist women, which are ubiquitous in DC. They they were bringing snacks for the protesters. So they're bringing like bags of granola bars and stuff to fuel the rioters <laughs> later on that night. And they're putting them on top of piles of bricks. And I'm like, one, why are there loose bricks here on the street? This yeah. seems like a security problem. We're yeah. gonna solve that. Yeah. Also, these last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there'll be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. What are you trying to do? Because I guarantee if you had done something like that for January 6th, let's say you were running like a, a you know, riot ribs outside of the January 6th, uh, you know, yep. the protest, you would be you hit with like some sort of like providing material support to terrorism. Yep. I guarantee it. it. You would have a 266 case on you from the FBI and they'd be banging on your door to take your rib, you know, your rib uh, smoker. Yeah. And most of the people who got your ribs have probably been feds too. <laughs> this, is for, this is for feeding government workers without Dis, a permit. Disavow. <laughs> it's infu it's infuriating, but at the same time, getting upset and and sitting there complaining about the hypocrisy is absolutely counterproductive. To it's really a better position to just expect it and try to anticipate what their stories are going to be and just go about your day and and make sure that you have you know some kind of some kind of uh, response but for the most part it's just like look you're they're gonna say that stuff and you have to continue going about your 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 day and doing what you're doing because they're gonna call you names they're gonna try and lay everything on you that's the leftist tactic is blame the other person for the things that they're doing you know do as much as they can to discredit you in front of other people so and they, that way people and they don't throw them out without like they, they don't care if there's any background to it, it. i got a letter matter. from the fbi in february stating that i was racist sexist and or with a slash homophobic <laughs> during the six weeks i was in the office when i didn't talk to anybody in uh in may and april is that right no march and april of last year and i didn't talk to anybody i sat there and i'm like and or like which one of these was I? is there is there any story is there any background is there substance and this is a, a legitimate you know government agency semi-legitimate at least uh nominally a constitutional group that theoretically would have to put some information behind it they put that out there and so i, I shared it on twitter because i don't care like i just think it's funny so I, and people go hey you're really slacking off you could have been transphobic and xenophobic and you missed the boat and it's like ah i obviously did if you didn't get enough of these if you're not getting enough insults lobbed your way you're not actually doing the job Let's, uh, let's jump to the next story. We have this from the post-millennial. Breaking full footage reveals former Marine Daniel Penny putting Jordan Neely in recovery position 
passengers complimenting him. Let me just put this in simple terms for all of you. The story of the violent homeless man who was threatening to hurt everyone who said he didn't care if he'd go to jail, who was subdued by three men. He died. The left has called for this former Marines criminal prosecution and indictment, and AOC is referred to it as a murder. And as it turns out, new footage proves that this Marine was actually attempting to save the life of this man. Of course, I don't think AOC cares. because I think she's maliciously evil. And that what these people truly want is anarcho-tyranny. Mm-hmm. If you're a criminal, you get all of the defense in the world. And if you are the innocent civilian trying to live your life, they will beat you down and blame you for everything. So the, the story here, I suppose, really interesting is that um, the reason this video wasn't discovered immediately was because it was taken by an individual who doesn't speak English as their first language. And so it was uploaded in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it was then found in a, on a Spanish language Facebook post and then uploaded, thus debunking the whole narrative. Surprise, surprise. Another Covington scenario. The left goes nuts, calls for blood. And then the video surfaces later, proving this guy actually was trying to save this dude. There was no there was no question about like he wasn't trying to kill the guy. He was trying to prevent him from hurting other people. And it sucks that he died, but it's not like and it, it's it's probably incompetence or whatever fine but he wasn't intentionally trying to kill the man but he doesn't have the standard that law enforcement would have to execute a move like this right because he's a civilian bystander that has no specialized training that now he has combatives training he was a marine he knows how to do a chokehold but if you were going to do this thing properly you'd probably do what's called a carotid restraint a blood choke right you want to get the 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 blood stopping and you don't want to stop the 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 breathing so he could have done something he did an air choke it sounds like but you could see his elbow probably was a little bit too it needs to be centered on there end of the day it doesn't matter in this video the guy was still breathing the guy was still breathing still moving and still trying to get up and they put him in the recovery position i teach uh, emergency medicine i used to teach it even at the um, at the fbi's academy i've been a paramedic for over a decade and so basic hands-on medicine you can do it with almost nothing and what he did there is textbooked excellence for a bystander um that you can I, save people's lives by putting them in a place where their 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 um, trachea is going to be open that they can actually get air he put them in that left lateral recumbent position which is what you do when people are knocked out unconscious you can do it to drunks there, there's a story from a year ago where a homeless belligerent man walked up to a woman who was standing on the subway and shoved her right in front of the train as it was coming killing her so and there were 25 or so incidents last year of that happening so you get, you, um, imagine you're on the train and you keep hearing about violent homeless people murdering people, or you've heard a couple times and you've heard about 25 people they tried to kill. Then someone gets in your train, you're trapped, your train's moving, and they say they're going to hurt somebody and they don't care if they go to jail. Three people who live in New York thought it would be reasonable to attempt to subdue this man. I'm not going to then put the responsibility on the Marine trying to stop a violent criminal. I mean, he's been, he was arrested 40 times. He kidnapped a kid before he punched him in the face. Yep, accurate. If he doesn't know how to do anything other than what he did, it's not his fault. I don't blame the victims of the crime for doing whatever they can to try and stop themselves from being victims. Well, exactly. I mean, so whenever a senseless act of violence occurs, the left has an inexhaustible list of excuses for the person who went out and blatantly committed an unjustifiable act of violence. But when someone defends themselves, well, now they're evil incarnate. Now we're not going to examine the situation. We're not going to give them the luxury of analyzing every socioeconomic factor that could have led to them being in that situation. We're not going to say they did it because there wasn't 
enough funding given to their school library and they would have been an upstanding member of society who never did anything wrong if the situation had been different. It's simply that person is evil incarnate and we have to lock them up and throw away the key. Imagine, now we're very tough on crime. Imagine if instead of coming out and saying, why aren't they giving mental health treatments to these 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 poor, poor homeless men? It's like, OK, well, he was violent. What if they came out and said, why aren't they giving proper self-defense training to our Marines? Who could have done a proper restraint that would not have harmed this man? Oh, there's a bunch of different ways you can pretend to be outraged. That's right. I'll, I'll tell you where, where my outrage is. It is the city is lax on crime and allows these people to roam free. They are struggling to maintain their system at all. We have leftists saying that Rikers, people die there, yep. that people are unjustly held there. And I'm like, your city is broken period. Your policies don't work. Your politicians don't work. Yet every time you Democrats who run New York City screw up, you complain about some other. This, let, me, let me tell you where it comes from. All of these problems we hear about in the culture war, police brutality. Talk, let's talk about that. They're in Democrat cities. You don't hear, you know, you, what, what, give, give, name, name, name uh, one of these stories. And it is in a Democrat run jurisdiction. Yep, of course. Almost, almost entirely, not all of them, but almost exclusively. And their complaining is, I just, it's just meaningless completely. Well, think about this though. There's two phases that they screwed it up. Number one, they're not giving these guys enough training. I'm talking about the cops right now. They're not giving them the training, which is money. So they're defunding. They're taking money out of the budgets of these different law enforcement areas. The second thing is they're not backing their play. When you're a cop on the street, and I've talked to you know lots of cops. I spent a bunch of time dealing with them in, in my old job. They're, they're out there and they know they are not being supported mm. by the apparatus there. So if they have to use deadly force, if they have to use any justifiable force, they're probably going to be facing charges. And there's no joy. Like they're not going to be qualified immunity. They're not going to be scoped. They're not going to have defense that's paid for by the local jurisdiction. It's going to come out of their pocket or it's going to come out of the union, they're going to get crushed. So they are, they do the Freddie, what do they call the Ferguson effect, the Freddie Gray effect. They scale back and they let this thing happen. And that's how you get a crazy man threatening to kill people on a subway when somebody saw him. I that's guarantee what, you, he went by well, cops that This day. is what community policing looks like. Mm -hmm. Right. When the community is yeah. doing the policing, that's what you get. Yeah. You get P you because and I said that on Twitter the other day and, and some leftist get, got all up in my mentions and had a problem and is like, oh, there's all these books and it, that's not how it works and et cetera. But what they're neglecting to address is that when you say community policing on the Internet to the vast majority of the population, you're going to have a significant portion of uns unsophisticated people that are going to hear that and they're going to think, I have to take care of myself. It's my job to help. Now, whether or not that's the case, it doesn't matter. People are going to think that and they're going to act like that. And that's what you get. That's that's all that you get. You're going to get more of this. The fewer cops you have, the fewer security or the less security you have on the subway system, the more you're going to get this. So this is this is 100 percent AOC's fault. This is Rashida Tlaib's fault. This is a. Uh, uh, Ayanna Presley's fault. The squad, they're all guilty. All of the Democrats that have been screaming. Take the mayor the police, too. Add the mayor the, in there. The mayor? Yeah. Well, no, oh. the mayor's actually kind of good. I think he was complaining. But it's the DA's fault. It's it's the vice president's fault for bailing out people when sure. they were rioting in 2020. It is 100% the Democrats' fault. Down the line, they were calling for this. The blood is on their hands. And for them to even try to blame the poor guy that was trying to help the poor people on the subway is absolutely absurd and should not even be tolerated by by so, reasonable people so uh who here thinks this guy is going to be indicted and convicted i i, I say yes I, I think they're going to criminally indict him and then they're going to convict him and they're going to get him on some charge where they're like we understand 
that there was some fear here, but he went too far. And just because you're scared does not give you the right to kill. So, you know, negligent there's, there's homicide a, or something. Yeah, there's a reasonableness standard. They can indict him. That's going to be, that's a no-brainer. Okay, so we can just throw that. That's going to happen for sure. There's demand for it. So there will be a supply for it. They will make that happen. And, and but that, and, what and, you do have is a lot of people that ride the subway that can make on a jury. There's a lot of people who have seen that situation. And the question is this, are they going to believe their own lying eyes on what they've seen and experienced and the fear that they maybe had and the internet videos they've shared with their friends? Or are they going to go with what their party tells them they're supposed to do? Because New York City is New, not universally. It's like gonna, 70% they're going to go with what their party tells them to do you know why because they're going you only to be, need one juror they're going to be escorted into the courthouse by armed police with rifles as violent riders scream about and scream threats at them and then go to their homes and uh, what was it one uh, uh what trial was it where one of the witnesses or whatever had a pig's head put on their porch and the blood splattered on it but it was like the wrong house or something like that I don't know. In Minnesota. Yeah, yeah it was one of the Minnesota. Oh, you, this was you, the show, like the Chauvin trial in, or something? In Minnesota, you have armed police with rifles, long guns, standing outside escorting in the jury, yep. looking at all of the chaos and violence. The message is clear. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you think is right. The far left is firebombing buildings, and they will come after you. So if this guy gets indicted, I really don't see someone in New York being like, I will accept the consequences in a city surrounded by far-left extremists. What no, if they, what if they like, change venue? What if they were able to get the venue outside well, of New York They won't city? do it. Look at, look at Minnesota. When they, so when, they can appeal. I mean, they can make that request. And the judge, it'll get denied. They'll, they'll, they'll say, oh, there's the, this is what happened in Minnesota. They said there's no jurisdiction in Minnesota where people don't know what happened. Now, my response to that is then case dismissed because the Constitution warrants a fair trial. And if you're saying outright everyone is biased, then you cannot try this man. Sorry, he's free to go. They didn't do that. They just said, no, you're going to get a biased trial and then we're going to lock you up. Sorry, have a nice day. I, I, I just, look, there's a possibility this guy I, I hope for acquitted. all the, and, and the other pieces, it has to be up in front and center that this guy, what he did was was appropriate. And, and you know, using your voice the way you're doing it is actually really important because otherwise this guy gets steamrolled. He has no chance. I do agree with you that there's a very high probability. The other thing is, Phil, what you were saying earlier, you know, community policing and, and the nature of it. The Supreme Court has already ruled on that, by the way. They've said that the police do not owe you personally yep. a duty mm -hmm. to safety. Right. So they have no duty to act that, on your behalf. They owe the public a duty, but that's a very nebulous concept. It's vague and it's open. So individually, you can be screwed. Yeah. So you may have to defend yourself. And uh, I know you guys had Mike Glover on here before. He says something, be your own first responder. Yeah. That's something I think is an incredibly important message right yes. now. Yeah. And we're living in it. In some places, you can do that and you'll be able to survive. You do it in New York City, you're probably going to go to jail, unfortunately, even if it was correct. Carry a gun. If you legally, that's what not in New York. Okay, hey, that's what saying, I do. But I mean, yeah. like, I, you know. Where, where, where legally allowed, yeah. which the, leads us to a, the larger question of, or the larger statement, the, the better piece of advice, live in constitutional carry states. Yes. Yep. Because mm -hmm. if you're in New York, I mean, look at this. Three people on this train thought what this guy was doing warranted restraint. Three people. So if you come to me and say, what makes you think it was reasonable? I don't, but three people did. Right. Three people held this guy down. You can't defend yourself in these places. No. They, 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 and, and look, you know, I, I mentioned this about New Jersey. I was told that if I was in New Jersey in my own home and someone broke in with the intent to kill and I shot them, they said, Yes, you have a right to defend yourself. You will be arrested, charged with murder. You will spend time in prison, you know, awaiting uh, or, or jail, depending on how, how Jersey handles it. Mm -hmm. And then you can assert your affirmative defense to the judge that it was self-defense. Mm -hmm. That's New Jersey. Does Is New Jersey duty to retreat within your own home? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my god. They call it partial castle doctrine. Yeah. It's insane. You're only, you're only allowed to use force to defend your home if you have no way out. 
the, but they, they, they also say, so I asked them, they said, a window is a way out. And they gave me the Gulag uh, Archipelago response of, just run away. If someone so, like, if your wife and children are on the second floor, you have a duty to run them. out the first floor and leave them there. They expect and, you to leave them. So I was told yes. Wow. But I, it it does really depend on the judge you get there. Like, there there's are certainly, that shit, the idea that that's even more, up to a judge, right, is insane. Right. The complete moral insanity. I mean, but it's up to a judge everywhere. And uh, even in West Virginia, there's like some reasonableness standard to whether or not if somebody's walking on your property, you can't just get kill it. them. You know what I mean? If someone's running towards your home, screaming with bloody rage, holding a weapon, mm -hmm. you, I'm pretty sure in West Virginia, you can. West Virginia's got some of them. So uh, West Virginia, I'm pretty sure you can defend your physical property like your fields. And this has a lot to do with the fact that it's a rural country where there's a lot of acreage and people farm. Whereas in Maryland, you can defend your house only after going inside of it. And the idea is you might be out with your family in the field doing work when someone threatens you and yep. you can use force to defend yourself. In Maryland, property tends to be a lot smaller. So they say, if you are outside your home and someone is threatening you, you have a duty to go into your home. If you are in your home <laughs> oh and they attempt to, to break into your home, I believe West Virginia, I'm, I'm sorry, I believe Maryland allows the use of lethal force to prevent someone from breaking into your home. And then in New Jersey... You better jump out that window and go run buck naked through the woods. You got to do what they call the dynamic PLF, going out the window, the parachute landing fall, and keep your feet and knees together and try to make yeah, it out right. the I, second I floor. Asked the cop, side. I said, where do I go? Where, where do I go? It's my house. Yeah. And, and, and the response, the cops were like kind of based. They were like, no, we get it. But what they'll tell you is that you, that proves you're a murderer because you're, what you're basically saying is you, you had a choice to make between standing outside or mm. killing a person, and you made the choice to kill a person. That is not reasonable. That's that's their view in New Jersey. Well, and the rest of America looks at it and says, uh, you know, oh, you do, you value your stuff more than you value somebody else's life. And it's like, well, they value my stuff more than they value their own Absolutely. life. Obviously, they right. came into my house. That's how it works in Texas. Um, when I was actually going through, so before I was a, a, a law enforcement officer, I was a concealed carrier. I carried like everybody else, and I had a permit because Texas is very newly uh, come into this sort of constitutional carry game. Yeah. And when I went through those courses, one of the things that was kind of interesting is the guy said, not only can you defend yourself in almost any situation that you're in, you have no duty to retreat, but there is actually a deadly force scenario where someone is stealing your stuff in aid of nighttime mischief. And that was the way the code <laughs> was written. Now this goes back to maybe 2013 or 2014. So I don't know if it still stands in Texas, but legitimately, if someone stole your car stereo and was running down the street, you theoretically, although I don't recommend it, could shoot them in the back in Texas. <laughs> Highly and, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you don't want to do that in Austin, <laughs> but if you did it in like Odessa, you might be okay kind of thing. Like you don't want to do it in big cities, but yeah. I'm just saying like theoretically that was on underneath the, uh, the actual statutory law. That was a defense. Sure. Once again, I don't care if you steal my car stereo. I'm not going to shoot you in the back. That seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. But if you present an imminent danger of death or serious physical injury while you are doing something like that, yeah. which they call nighttime mischief, which could just be sneaking around your property then your standard is actually, you meet the standard. And yeah. so there are reasons to use deadly force in that. Or I, did, even I just, force. I Googled it real quick. Yep. And apparently the answer is simply put, yes, you can, <laughs> but it says it's not, it's uh, this, this lawyer says it's not been used effectively in practice. That checks. Because most people are going to be like, are you nuts? Well, there's a, yeah. there's a standard of it too, right? right? Like that's the other thing you find about people that carry concealed weapons and all of you out there that do that sort of thing know it as well. Mm -hmm. There's a standard of, is it a judicious use of your force? Do you really want to go through whatever that experience is? Because you're probably yeah. going to get arrested if you shoot somebody in the back running yeah. with your stereo. I mean, you Even know, if you are right. Yeah, I mean, you know this, but for, for the 
the listeners out there, the things that you need to legitimize, not legalize, but to legitimize because jurisdictions change, but you need to have uh, ability, opportunity, and intent, right? To, to, to Someone has to have the ability to harm you. They have to have the opportunity and they have to have the intent. They have to make it clear to you that they're going to, they have to be in the same room and they have to have some way to do it. Some of it is reasonable yeah, too, because there's some of those things you can't actually, you, can, you can't look at somebody in the dark and know what's coming on. Sure. I would assume that if you come into my house at 3 a.m. and I'm sleeping and there's a flashlight and well, there's, yeah. and you have hands, which yeah. you do because you opened up my door, yeah. then you have some negative intent because people sleep in their houses at 3 a.m. Yeah, but so the, you're the, expecting something. The, the point that I'm making is just those three things have to actually all happen yep. for it to be a legitimate use of force to defend your life. And if you don't have those, then you don't do it. So if a guy's running away, don't because you're going to yeah. get yourself right. in there's, trouble. There's no upside to it, but there is. No. So there actually is a federal standard that we would always play by. And I think it actually works well for people, even outside of a law enforcement capacity. It's essentially this. It's very, very simple. If a person is basically threatening imminent danger, imminent danger means right now. That's not a future action. That's not a, like Ashley Babbitt could have become a problem. I mean, like right now, yep. there is a problem with this person. Mm. And if you're going to say that person presents an imminent danger of death or serious physical injury, which is a little vague, but we know that a physical injury can happen that can be serious and some are not. So that's core stuff. Imminent physical danger, death or serious physical injury to yourself or to another person that you're responsible for, that's a deadly force scenario. You can actually go for it. This is what the Texas, Texas.gov sent me to. It says, so when can you use deadly force in Texas to protect property? Texas law allows you to use deadly force to protect property if you would be justified in using force and you reasonably believe it is imminently necess- immediately necessary to prevent the imminent commission of specific enumerated property crimes. These are arson, burglary, robbery, aggravated robbery, theft during the nighttime, nighttime. or criminal mischief during the nighttime. Yep. So it does say specifically if if you see someone trying to steal property from you and then you shoot them, that's a serious felony. If they turn towards you, that changes everything. So it's and I also kind of think just like nighttime mischief in general is my favorite thing to be in yeah, a criminal, criminal statute. Criminal mischief during the nighttime. I just like nighttime mischief. I just think that. <laughs> but it, but it does. we probably all got involved in nighttime mischief when we were kids. So that's also terrifying because I grew up in Texas. <laughs> but I think I think the reason for these laws in places like Texas is they typically want you to be able to defend yourself from crime, but they don't want people to randomly shoot people. So exactly. like, you know, I was talking to someone out in West Virginia and I said, what if someone enters my property in West Virginia? Can I defend it? And I think I was talking to a cop, actually. He said, if someone just is walking on your land, you can't just shoot them because people accidentally walk on land a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. However, legally, you can defend your property from someone who is committing a crime and enters the property. So, you know, basically, you, you need to be able to justify why you thought they were committing a crime or something like that, despite yep. the fact that it's kind of more vague if, than if that. If you can articulate the reasons and those reasons would be justifiable. And it's, and, and, yep. and, and that's very subjective, the way you articulate yep. it. They always say this uh, in government service. It's like, it's not what you did. It's how you write it up. Yeah. Okay. And, and the military is very familiar with this too. It's the way you get awards and certain commendations. If you justify it, if it's articulated properly, then you can have a lot of things happen in your favor and vice versa too. Somebody could articulate that you were doing something that was totally justifiable. They can articulate it in a bad way. And, then and here, here, here's the important thing too. It says the jury must decide whether you had a reasonable belief that deadly force was immediately necessary to prevent a perpetrator from fleeing. Yeah. I wonder, uh, it says immediately after committing a burglary, robbery, aggravated robbery, or theft during the nighttime. That it, says to, it, to stop them from fleeing. Right. <laughs> that's kind of intense. So that's, so that's Texas for you. You have to give a reasonable belief that deadly force is necessary. What if the only weapon available to you is a nine millimeter? Then you is need it, to upgrade your arsenal. Well, sure. well, no, well, well, no, this <laughs> might actually clear you. 
Yeah, if, if that's you, all you if, have if, on you. And what well, the if question the is only, this. If the only use of force you have is considered deadly and you have no other alternatives or options, is that considered reasonable? If you, that, that's, that's yeah, why I, I, I mean, that's the, that's the fun. And obviously it goes to a jury too. The other piece of this is, do people run around with uh, restraints? Do you keep flex cuffs with you? Are you keeping shoestring uh, restraints? Mm. Because that's actually the tool that should have happened in the New York subway system, right? Because the guy did something. If you could immediately incapacitate him and a blood choke would have been appropriate. He's out for a few seconds. You zip tie up his hands real quick. And there Tourniquet. are, th- and, and you can carry those things around with you. Tourniquets might be a little bit more difficult to secure properly. Yeah, but it's better than nothing. I'm just saying people don't run around with duct tape. They don't run around with flex cuffs. They don't run around with what they call like shoestring uh, handcuffs, yep. which I used to keep in my pockets all the time because they're really effective. But if you don't have that thing, um, and most people don't, then you're stuck holding this guy until yeah. the next stop. You're on the F line until you get to the platform, I guess. And that's the scary thing for these people. So, you know, tying it back in there, the reasonable standard is, is like, what are they going to do? Let him get up and be pissed. I don't no. know if you've ever, if you've ever let somebody up after they've had that sort of experience, they don't generally go like, yeah, no, I'm deescalated. Yeah. Once, once you <laughs> grab him, you're, that's it. You're, you're locked in until the police come. That's like correct. that, that guy didn't have a chance, like an opportunity or the, the option. Like if they let him go, yep. he's all, he was already having an episode. You're not going to let the guy, he's not going to be like, nah, it's cool, man. I will, I'm, I'm gonna chill now. No, he'd have flipped out. There's right. no question about it. And, yeah. and it's, you don't risk it. Even if even that's, like even if maybe he wouldn't have, you don't risk it because he gets up and next thing you know, he's on someone else, you know? Yeah. So we've talked about this before. I even mentioned it earlier on the show, but just the propensity of left wingers to project often what they will accuse conservatives of who act in defense of themselves or others as having a misinformed view of violence based on watching action movies. Oh, you only want guns because you think you're some kind of action hero. Oh, you're only trying to save the damsel in distress because you saw it in a film. In reality, their understanding of how using force works works is entirely Hollywood based, right? Like they really think you can have a fight with somebody the way they do in a Marvel movie or in a choreographed fight scene where you're like just standing apart, like boxing each other. And then you get the bad guy down and then you say, stay there, fella. And he stays down without getting back up. I mean, in real life, self-defense situations are incredibly messy. They're incredibly messy. But because people are used to seeing these choreographed fight scenes in Hollywood movies where the good guys subdues the bad guy without hurting him they think that your average person should be able to do that Seamus I've seen the movies where like you know Black Widow trips a guy and he falls down and just doesn't get back up exactly there's no way they just made that up how about the magic the magic hit where they like hit you with either like their fist or they hit you with the gun like they pistol whip you and then you're out for however long you need to to the scene ends that's my other favorite thing Um, yeah those are almost always either lethal if you were to actually hit that one hit or that person's going to get up and they are going to be resuming their fighting posture because they are now in a very dangerous spot. I love this. Like, how many movies have the trope where someone gets hit in the forehead with a gun and then they wake up tied up in a chair as if Mm -hmm. getting knocked out is a thing? Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, for people who don't know, if you, it's called being put in a coma. You, You are comatose. If someone can use blunt force to incapacitate you to the point where you're not conscious, you've been put in a coma. And my understanding is that if, if it's longer than even like 30 seconds or so, it's, it is expected you'll have very serious brain damage yes. from that. Yeah. So when the hero then wakes up, like in, I think it's like Casino Royale or whatever. All of them. It's all, all of them. It's always, always a, yeah. it's a rifle butt stroke right to the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I can what see happens. every no, no, no. single John Wick. Right. They right? think yeah. they, no, what happens is they think they took out everyone in the room and they're like, ah. and then the guy was like, oh, snatch that guy, like yells something in German and hits him with the butt <laughs> there of the rifle. one guy in the corner. <laughs> yeah, no. exactly. I, I beg people that, that think that kind of stuff, just go to a jiu-jitsu gym for one evening like mm-hmm. just go and try and roll with someone that that just roll with the white belts 
Like, you know, I mean, I'm a white belt. I don't know anything at all. But if you've never rolled jujitsu, I could probably wrap you up, you know, and, and, and you know, it's like, I heard it's uh, hard. Mark Zuckerberg won a he's judo a, contest somewhere, right? He looks like he's a bad man now. He may be, an, he may look kind of nerdy, but that, that man is going to tie he's got you the money. up he in has, a knot. He has no reason not to exactly. be. Exactly. He got, yeah. apparently he was in a match and the ref said that he tapped out and he didn't and he got really angry. Or he's like, I didn't tell you nuts. And then he, and he ended beat up the ref. <laughs> <laughs> and then he bought the gym. Yeah. <laughs> he he's, bought the gym and fired the ref. That's right. Snapped his finger. And then all the ref's dirty secrets just publicly appeared on everyone's they, phones. They, yeah, they just <laughs> fell out of all the Facebook, uh, you know, secret messages he was sending. It's dirty. It is true, though. hundred percent. Like somebody who has some training versus someone who has no training. It's not even fair. Yeah. Someone who is a professional versus someone who has a lot of training, even not even fair. Mm. So you look at these things and, uh, it's it's just it's a total lack of an understanding of the physical reality of the world we live in, yeah. and some of that, like you say, propagated by Hollywood, is also that women might be able to do that. Yes, because that is not happening on that subway. That man in a state of uh, mental duress, whatever it was that he walked in there, the Jordan Neely character, when he walks in and decides that he's going to lose it, you've seen that video of the guy, and I, I who posted it? Maybe it was Ian Miles Chung too. But he uh, guy walks in grabs a handful of hair and he's dressed like kind of oh, chickish the woman yeah and pulls her pulls yep. her down to the ground and she can't go and no one stands up yep. you know what makes me the most frustrated about that entire thing like it makes me furious is that the guy who's filming it is like a pretty built male looking masculine yep. dude and he's oh, well, holding his phone doing the bystander thing he'll go to jail he'll go to jail would he Yes. Yeah, Look yeah. what's happening with, with Daniel with, da so, with this guy Penny. You know what? I'd rather go to jail. I'm sorry. I agree. My, like my honor's not worth that. It's it's not worth it that I walk and go, I let a woman get dragged mm -hmm. off and terrorized, and then she's gonna think that every single day of her life. And Yeah, but know, she voted time, for it. This is this is this is I don't feel good about that answer. This is, either. This is that, the problem. That, that that bothers me just as a as a Christian person. I can't yeah. hold people accountable. Look, I can't for say on like YouTube the answer that I feel good about. So listen, listen. If the overwhelming majority of people in places like Chicago, LA, New York keep voting for the same people over and over again. I actually think it is it is a fascist of you to <laughs> to imply that your will be done and that their democratic vote be ignored. So here's the so, question. So though. if they want to vote have for another, it, did they have another option is the other question because I've had this I, I tend to feel the same way you do on an emotional level. And I had someone challenge me intellectually and this is what they said. They said, "Was there an, a viable alternative? Was there even an alternative on the ballot in let's say Chicago?" Because no Republican ran. Not that I think mm. the Republican Party is the solution to anything mm -hmm. uh, at all uh, based on my personal experience so far. But you look at it and you go, "Was there a was there anyone else they could have voted for?" And in not, Chicago, whose fault is it? Paul Vallis. He was the right wing. He, he, he was he was a moderate Democrat, tough on crime. Okay, and they elected the far left, critical race theorist, socialist guy. What percentage did uh, what is his name? Paul Vallis. Vallis. What did he? Get? I, I, I think it was fairly close. Uh, I think it was only a few points for for um, was it Brandon Johnson's name? I'm not completely sure. 100 percent with you because Chicago politics are basically not relevant. to Democrats my life. have okay. run the city for 100 <laughs> it's years. It's not going anywhere. But at the end of the day, you, do you hold the people that voted for the other guy? Is it their fault too? Because that's the tough part. I yes. don't know. I just you do. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Okay. Like, tell me more. After a hundred years of the same thing, it's like you're holding your hand on the electric stove, going like, "Man, this sure does suck." But I'll just keep staying here. I just love just, the smell just, of burnt flesh. Just, I'll just stay right here. I left. I got out of Chicago. Yeah, I'd been shot at before. Uh, I'm, me and my brother are driving down. Uh, we're driving off of uh, 290 in Independence, and for no reason, a guy just points a gun at our car and fires at us. That's Chicago. Nice. And so eventually, I'm just like, you know, like I kind of don't want to be here. It, it feels like a nowhere town. I would tell my friends, it's, it's the suburb of the country. It's a big city, yep. but it's culturally stagnant. It's extremely violent and nothing is changing about it.
So I'm done. I'm leaving. I can get behind that. Yeah, like and, I say, I, I just want the question asked. Is there any way that these people could not be culpable? And if the answer is no, then the answer is no. Culp culp culpable is a strong word. I would put it this way. I get messages from people and they're like, Tim, I really need your help. You know, we need to raise money for this guy who's who's being unjustly targeted or whatever. And I'm like, where did it happen? Oh, it happened in Chicago? Pass. Are you kidding, dude? Come on, man. Like two years ago, I said, I know it's hard, but you got to leave these cities. And the way I describe it is people will tell me it's really hard to do. It was, you, you, want, you, want, you want me to tell you about how I got out of Chicago? I sold all my stuff. I had 400 bucks in cash. I found a ride share on Craigslist and said... I will drive, he had two cars, I said, I'll drive one of them behind you to San Diego. And that was it. And then, look, I am I was like 22 or 23 at the time. Whatever, it's still a move and a lot of people won't do it. Not like I knew that LA, you know, was how bad it was going to be or whatever. And uh, moderately bad, but there's enough of, LA is big enough to where I got by just fine mm -hmm. and actually found more success. But I'm like, I'm not going to stay here. This place sucks. There's so many problems. It, it was so corrupt. The cops were corrupt. The government was corrupt. The crime was rampant. So I literally, I was actually intending on writing a moped. I'm like, I will just be homeless. And I, and again, people say like, I have families. I can't do it. So let me put it this way. You are sitting in a, in a house and the garage is on fire. The garage is attached to garage. Okay. We see it happening. Oh, your neighbor was in the garage and he's screaming right now. And you're like, yeah, but I'm in the living room. And if, and if, and if I have to go outside, it's cold and I have kids, my kids can't be cold. And it's like, dude, your house is on fire. If you stay inside of it, you will lose your life. It will get bad. If you leave your house now, you will survive and it will be very difficult. So the response I get from most people is you don't know how hard it is. And I'm like, perhaps, 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 but that doesn't change the fact statement that staying in places like Chicago, New York, Oregon, Portland, for instance, like, come on. It's a no go. Yeah, it looks you, like you, Beirut. You, you, it's crazy you, how bad it is there. And and it's it may be the hardest thing you've ever done, but I just there's not a whole lot I can say to the fifth, sixth person who's like, you know, oh no, this guy broke into my house and I need to raise money. My mom was hurt, and I'm just like, come on, man. No. Like, well, here's the thing. You say it's hard, and it is hard. But I'm 41. I got three kids. I sold my house because it was the right thing to do. I left a state that we were comfortable in. We had a palace. We were on like two acres. It was awesome. I had mountain views that like most people would stab for. And we, we left because you can do it. And we moved into two bedrooms that were my folks' place that I didn't own, which is super embarrassing at 41 years old. Nobody wants to go do that. But at the end of the day, can you go do this? Yes. Is it difficult? Sure. But you still got to do the right thing. I agree with you. They should be moving. I don't think there's any saving a lot of these places. I've been to West Baltimore. I see what it gets to eventually. West Baltimore looks like there was a zombie invasion and we lost. East New and York. it's still going. And it's still there. There's people that live there. It's crazy. There are sections of Chicago very much the same. And it's and it's and it's it's kind of sad. There's tremendous opportunity in these. There, there are massive buildings on the south side of Chicago completely abandoned. Yep. And I'm just thinking to myself, can you just, there, there's tons of young people who want to do things, but there are these barriers, there's bureaucracy. But aside from that, you're talking about cities like Los Angeles that had a Democrat supermajority and still couldn't solve the homeless problem because they don't want to solve the homeless problem because they don't want to deal with any of the issues. They just want to give you mindless self-indulgence. Yep. And then they'll take it, and then crime runs rampant, and then they blame conservatives. They blame everyone else. Well, you look, they always build They always build like uh, infrastructure behind it. They always build bureaucratic systems that pay more of their buddies to have a job. But none of the jobs go to like getting homeless people. They get more homeless people. So no. putting money into the problem makes more problem. It's, it's this classic, do you ever see the demotivators? You know, no, uh, the demotivators, there was a whole thing in the nineties of like motivational posters and they'd have like a picture, oh, right. like hang in there, you can do it or whatever. Yes. So I used to have one on my screen, which I'm sure was a uh, fantastic for on a government screen. And it used to have a picture of the U S Capitol building and it said government. Um, if you, if you don't 
if you, what do they say? It says, uh, if you don't like our problems, you should see our solutions, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. which well, is a, which is a winner. And it's hundred percent accurate, but like, that's kind of the attitude. Like government creates these things. There's another one that was about consultants and said consultants, um, something to the effect of, if you're not going to be part of the solution, there's a ton of money in continuing the problem. Yeah, and that yeah. is Los Angeles. Like that's the homeless situation in yep. Los Angeles. They are continuing the problem for profit. And they can you can always move so, to Florida. You could. Well, I, I just want to cities there. make a, a note or make a comment uh, on the, the question of like bureaucracies, especially in the Chicago area. So I was also born and raised in Cook County, and I have a number of horror stories just from people working within the various government systems there. Someone I knew insisted that when they first started a job working for Cook County, I won't uh, say what they did. Just say they it. were working very hard. And they were getting ahead uh, on their work. Well, because it's also anecdotal, right? But they, according to them, they were getting ahead on their work and uh, during their first week there. And their coworkers basically surrounded them and said, we don't do that much in a week. That, sound, that sounds correct. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah we, we don't. We're just letting you know, like, no. That is a classic government experience <laughs> yeah, yeah. at all levels of government. Yeah. What happens if you like just say, cool, I'm still going to do it, and then just make everyone look really, really Disciplinary bad? action? Yeah. Yeah. Disciplinary action. They, 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 no, they, sure. they will throw you under the bus. They yeah, something, something will come you. up. Look, you did your TPS report wasn't filed correctly. So look, the, the other thing about doing if a lot of work- If you thought the government wasn't garbage. If you do a lot of work, right? you now have more opportunities for them to find procedural errors in your work. And so instead of people doing their job, they will spend every single minute of their time to crush you because you are upsetting the status quo. Just abolish the whole thing. It's so bad. Get rid of the whole damn thing. It's it's the worst solution to anything except when I it's just, the only one. I think what's going to happen is we're going to hear more and more of these stories. Someone's going to be like, oh, my house was set on fire during the riots. What do I do? And it's like, well, should have sold it a year ago. That's right. Should have yeah. sold it two years ago. It's I, I don't know, because when it, what, I, you know two three years ago the summer of love three years ago mm -hmm. isn't that crazy? Wild. And it's like, well, what am I going to do? There's these riots going on. It's like I get it. This sucks. It's hard. Now it's been three years. If you have not taken the first step towards getting away from these cities in three years, I don't know what you expect anyone else to do for you. No matter how hard you think it is, there comes a point where it's just like everybody left, dude. <laughs> People went to Texas, yeah. they went to Florida, they went to the middle of nowhere, some people in West Virginia. And now you're gonna look around as, as, as Antifa runs rampant and sets fire to your institutions and shuts down your infrastructure. And then you're gonna be like, can someone please help me? And there's not gonna be anybody there. Yeah, no. I, I just, I don't think it's wise to bet on there will be no more riots in these neighborhoods. We're one anymore. outrage yeah. away from whatever exactly. the next trigger is, right? Because exactly. it's not about the it's not about the underlying incident. Mm -hmm. It's about the activity of mm -hmm. upsetting the the apple cart. Some of these people are just professional, you know, ne'er-do-wells. I, yeah. I there's part of me that thinks that there might not be riots before the election because riots before the election make the existing administration look bad. Now, I'm not saying that it can't happen or whatever. I'm not making a prediction, but there's part of me that thinks it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for the left to riot and upset people, the, your, your but, average yeah, normie but voters. But the rioters are not also like rioters are not political strategists, right? No, so but the, I, the media I think will try to spin it any which way. And I think you're right that certain conditions can be created for a riot to flourish, like political leaders not cracking down on them as they spring up. So I hear what you're saying there, but it's possible things just pop off. They can't do anything about it. And they try to spin it to sound like these riots are fiery, but mostly peaceful protests or whatever label they want to throw on it. See, I'm of the opinion that the, ri that the riots were not organic. I'm of the opinion that they were they were 
people were communicating with each other, letting other people, that yeah. other leftists, there was Antifa that were, you know, the rioters and stuff. The Antifa you know, network, the people that are in Antifa, they know each other, they communicate. And so, and they're in, in touch with like, other activists yeah. that are not rioters, that are people that, you know, they're in touch with teachers at schools and in colleges and stuff, people that are fairly intelligent, people that can strategize. So I do think that, and again, I'm not saying that I'm not making a prediction, mm -hmm. but I do think that I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see any kind of significant rioting, regardless of what happens in the, in the country, just because it will make it more difficult for the left to win. A, for the Democrat to win. I, wanna, I just want to make one more point. I just want to yeah, respond yeah. to that. I, that's an interesting point. That could that could be accurate. You could be right about that. But even so, the framing you have is until it's convenient for there to be yes, more riots. Yes, of course. And of so course. you don't want to live in that neighborhood either way. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yes. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to yeah. cut down anyone's idea about getting out of the yeah. Tim's right. Get out of the cities yeah. if you can. I want to jump to this story from the Daily Mail. Shocking moment. Tennessee high school student pepper sprays teacher twice after he confiscated her phone in class. And there's a lot here. Some people associate this with the, the increase in crime, rec recklessness, the, uh, the, the collapse of authority in our institutions. And uh, I thought it was interesting because we we're talking about whether or not this woman was justified in pepper spraying this soy boy teacher who collapsed and falls to his knees after getting pepper sprayed for taking her phone. And I just find the whole thing interesting. The first point is just, yo, our schools are messed up. Yeah. Don't, don't have your kids in these schools. And the second thing is, to what degree should we entertain the authority of these of these teachers? But let's just start with this. A Tennessee high school teacher pepper sprayed twice by a student. Assault took place at Antioch High School outside of Nashville. Reports indicate the teacher had taken the student's phone. And I'm pretty sure she says in the video, give me back my phone. So what do you guys think? Yeah. There's, well, I think that, I mean, it, it's a microcosm for all the things that are wrong, right? So we have one, we have an absence of masculinity because I had teachers that if you took something, if he took something from you, that was going to be your problem, right? It, it didn't matter if you had pepper spray. I, I had a, I had a guy that was in my high school who was our disciplinarian. He literally had like held a guy up by his throat against the wall. Should you do that? No, it was a pub, private school. So we could get away with certain things. And people wanted that of their kids because he stepped out of line. So he had the physical ability to dominate. And this guy gets dominated by a chick with a with a pepper spray. That's not a good not a good look. But you made an interesting point, and I agree with it. The, people have a lot of personal information on their phones. So, wait, but, and that but, guy is an show. he's an agent of the government. That's the thing that yeah. I hadn't thought of. So, is he is he representing a an unlawful search and seizure there under the Fourth Amendment? Even because there's some interesting. He's representing certain authorities in power as a member of a of a local a government. government. He we, is the government. Before the show, when we were pulling up these stories, I said, this would be really interesting, really interesting to talk about because I got to tell you, if I was in a school and someone, I don't care who, teacher or otherwise, tried taking my phone, you be, be, be prepared for me to physically defend myself. I, there, there was no circumstance for me in, 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 you know, after a certain age, I suppose, where a teacher would ever get away with anything like that. I mean, I'm like, I'm 13 years old. If they tried taking my Pokemon from me, I'd be like, I'll leave the building before you touch my property. So we're talking about a cell phone. This teacher, this, 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 it's a common trope, like the teacher takes the phone away. You're not touching my phone. I got private messages in there. Mm -hmm. You got you got messages with, with with your parents in there. And the teacher's like, I'm going to take that from you. You ain't touching it. I will leave before I, before I let you do that. When he grabbed her phone from her, that's theft. That's seizure by the, you point out, government. Someone I, I hadn't thought about it until we were literally in the moment here. But yeah. there is some interesting implications about that. And I do think that the correct answer is, is send her out of the room. Look, you're being a distraction. You've been removed from the classroom. I'm done with you. Go deal with the administration. That's their job. And you go back to teaching. That's yeah, probably the right move. So we've got a, a couple of mistakes. Like, right, we're, we're, we're like five stops down from where things shouldn't have happened. But Has this always been the case that teachers would take something from the students? I think it depends on. So there are certain places, especially private schools, where you sign away 
you know, yeah. your, your parents, your minders, your, your, um, the people that are the authority, your power of attorney are going to say that they have certain authorities to do certain things like that. And you know, when I was a kid, like we didn't have that, <laughs> like there was no, my cell phone that I had, which I think I got when I was 17 was attached to a car. And the only way you were bringing it in is if you were bringing the whole thing in, it came out of the console. So that wasn't a real possibility. And that was, I was an outlier. Most people didn't have that, that capability. Uh, that being said, I don't think you should get pepper sprayed and hit your knees with your back to your enemy and cover yourself and cry like a woman that that is very offensive to me as a dude i just i just it, it's troubling to watch someone go do that kind of action it's like hey man you, you lost your man card too not only did you lose to a chick but you lost your man card and now no one's gonna look at you again yeah a cop should just or i mean the 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 uh teacher should have just kicked her out let her keep her phone Send her get out. out of here yep leave i mean it's probably gonna be kicking her out every day and you're gonna end up kicking her out of school because she's probably not gonna listen tomorrow she'll be back she didn't look like she could take direction no, well, based on her, her interactions. No. But also, as you mentioned, I don't know what's... You, you mentioned the possibility that we're talking about someone probably 16 to 18 based on the high school, right? And yep. she was an older high school student. Um, She's got private photos. She may have private photos, which we could. Uh, we don't have to mm -hmm. discuss the nature of, but probably would be actually a crime to possess yep. uh, if you're a dude. So that's not something you want to get it's involved just in. Like the funny, it's just bad actions all but it, around. But it's also funny when like she pepper sprays him and he just falls to his knees. It, it hurts me. It yeah. hurts my masculinity. Like and I want I, him to go we, chop wood. Like <laughs> he needs to grow me, a beard. He has a beard too, doesn't he? Is this? Let's is see. this? The, yeah. There, where's the? He where's, has a beard. Is that the video? Yeah. Yeah. He's here. We go. Watch. He's like running from her. Yes. He needs to shave his face immediately. And she's like Pepe Le Pew, just like walking casually. Oh, did they skip oh, the part where he falls to his on. knees? No, it's coming at the end. She sprays. What is what is he doing? This is look at this. There she gets him. Oh, down, surrender, fail, turns his back. What Dude, is hey, this? Hey, he's still it's trying like, to maintain control of the phone. That's the only upside <laughs> wow. to this guy is that he held onto the property. So he won that minor, minor victory while losing his man card. That's wild. Yeah, and people around him are like, I just got pepper sprayed too. You know, the thing about pepper spray, it's a very imprecise uh, defensive mm -hmm. weapon. It sprays yeah. all over. It is the worst. In fact, I remember going through the academy and everybody has to get sprayed with it. But the one thing they said is like, here's your pepper spray. Now put it somewhere where you'll never use it because it's awful. If you ever use it, <laughs> like when you see a guy like on a search warrant, or if you're trying to subdue a subject and they're like, I got this, I'm going to, uh, nobody wants that happening. Like, it nobody, it's everybody. Everybody's going to And it burns be everything. It sucks. People think it's like, it gets in your mucous membranes, it burns, yep, but right. on your skin, you're, you're irritated. You're like, uh, I remember taking a shower afterwards and my neck was burning. Yeah, like, this is terrible. But yeah, when we were in, uh, we were at the uh, J17 riots. Was it J? No, no, J20th uh, riots in, in 2017 when Trump was getting inaugurated. I was there too. And we were, you know, me and Luke <laughs> are like drenched in pepper spray. <laughs> God. You go take a shower afterwards and it just burns. It just reactivates. Yeah, it just reactivates and it's burning all over. 100%. I don't know, man. I saw this story. I thought it was CS fascinating. CS is way worse, by the way. What is CS gas? CS gas? Yeah, the, the, the uh, when, tear gas is way worse for me. When we were in uh, Ferguson, the police were using CS smoke, so they called it yep. tear gas. And so that's CN the stuff that fogs and kind of lingers down there yeah. on you. And uh, and CNN reported there was no tear gas being fired; it was just smoke. And uh, it's because these are evil people. I'm pretty sure it was Don Lemon. So well, Ryan while, Ryan, while, Ryan Riley was the guy who saw the earplugs on the ground right. and thought they were rubber bullets. He's that's one right. Of my, he's that one of my biggest. He's like, are these he's probably bullets? watching. He's one of my biggest fans. We were. Uh, uh, I'm on the ground. And we are gagging in tear gas. And I, I started to pass out because I got into a cloud of it. Yeah. And tunnel vision starts forming. It's a choking agent. Right. It's it's displacing the oxygen in my lungs. And then I fall down. And I got lucky. Some kid splashed water in my face. It's a crazy, crazy thing. I, I have no idea. So um, I'm in Ferguson. Tear gas everywhere. Gunshots go off. Cops are like, go, go, run. So I'm, I'm running. And I'm... <gasps> and I walk through a cloud of tear gas. Inhale it all. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I can't, I can't breathe. I'm like, it's just my lungs aren't working. And then I'm like... <gasps> and then I get tunnel vision where everything starts turning black to a point. Oof. And then I just fall down on the grass on my back 
And the next thing I know, some kid splashes water in my face, and I go, <gasps> and <coughs> I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I don't know how that kid knew, or maybe it was just, just fortunate. A, yeah, just gave but, a sympathetic But splashing, splashing water triggers the, uh, uh, the inhale reflex or whatever. What's crazy is we, we used to call that meeting the wizard. Meeting the wizard? <laughs> yeah, when, so you've seen the, the Wizard of Oz, right? And yeah. everything, oh my the, gosh. What people don't realize is that when you start getting hypoxic like that, and I've been there too many times in a, in a very chaotic way, but what happens is you lose color vision first, and yeah. you don't know it. It's very insidious. Hypoxia is an insidious sort yeah. of move. So you lose the color vision. And then, like you say, you get that Bugs Bunny at the end of the Looney Tunes where it starts tightening <laughs> That's down. That's all, yeah, folks. Yeah, and you're, looking, you're looking through the, through the tunnel, right? And then that goes out. And what other people don't realize, too, is that when you do that in slow motion, especially if you're underwater, the last thing to go is, is your auditory nerves, different nerves. Mm. So you'll actually stop being able to see, but you'll still hear. So you can feel things around you. You can hear things around you, but you can't see anything. Yeah. And then you go out. We call that meeting the wizard because when, <laughs> because because that's when you go to Oz, right? Uh, and yeah. then when you wake back up, like obviously, like you had the kid splashed you, thank God. And then you get that that uh, you know uh, recovery, and you pop up, and then everything kind of comes back out at once, and you get you get the color vision. So that's yeah. kind of going to Oz. Um, it's 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 I don't know, man. It's a it, phenomenon that very few people can can relate to if they haven't ever. You can't fake it. You can only experience. Oh, it. for sure. And I and I I wonder what would have happened to me if that kid didn't wasn't happening he was standing with a bottle of water and he just poured it on my face and i'm like <gasps> like it was the craziest thing and i'm like whoa and i was like boom back everything was normal again yeah goofy enough you've probably got about two three minutes worth of uh sitting there stagnant without breathing even and you're still okay but it can get bad fast and and that's why tear gas is one of those things where yeah. it's an area avoidance tool you can pivot to what happened to january 6th they were releasing the stuff and it was just going everywhere and they were lobbing it into the crowd and then they were forcing the crowd into the barriers right, right? so it's that just tells me that those people don't know how to use that particular tool which is not their fault they probably weren't trained on it you spray it where you don't want people to be which is usually where you are and then you put your mask on and then it's an area denial as opposed to putting it into people and making them run like you did people don't understand too when i was in uh, turkey the police fired it into a tunnel and the people just collapsed it's yeah like there's no air anymore and they just started falling down and then people were like someone's you got to run in there and drag them out don't breathe yeah, the, the, so the crazy thing, too, is people don't realize that the stuff they use in the U.S. is nothing. The, the stuff they <laughs> use... In, we have rules here. Yeah, yeah. in Brazil, yeah. I was like, ah, tear gas, say nothing. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, mucus is just pouring out of every orb. Like, ah. that, that is my experience. Yeah. Full on. What they do for everybody who goes through basic training. So anybody who's done military training has seen this. They don't do it the same way for, for cops, as far as I know, but some guys get it. But you go into like a chamber. And then they fill the chamber up with smoke and you've got your mask on and you're like, this looks like a really bad place to take off the mask. And then they tell you to take it off yeah. and then you have to say a paragraph of some kind. Usually it's a, you know, a rote memory thing. And you're going like, and you just have no ability to put any, you're like, and you have to get out the, the paragraph or they won't let you out. So the worst, you know, you're just Isn't choking. Isn't it kind of fun though? It's, yeah, it I mean, everything fun. Is adrenaline is fun. Rush, uh, The adrenaline rush, right. the adrenaline rush after you come out is insane. So when I, I went I would have rather been in because I have everything empty out of my eyes, my ears, my nose. Yep. I'm like vomiting, like retching, nose. nose. It's horrible. When I went in there, when I was in, they, they make you take your mask off and you have to wait for everyone in the room to get the mask That's off right. before you can put it on to clear it. Then you take it off again and then you say whatever it is, and then you put it on again and clear it. Then they let you out. So you're standing there holding the mask in front of your waiting for all the idiots that don't that lick windows and on you, the bus. And you know, and you, you can then you can hear the guy just go. He's like, "We're waiting on everyone. We're waiting on." And you're just sitting there dying, wanting to kill the person. Right. So yeah. It. But when you when you come out, the adrenaline and stuff after you survive, you're walking out and well, you're you fresh feel like air. you accomplished. You something. feel yeah. it's great. You know the the gas they Super used high. in Turkey was 
not as strong as Brazil, but it was so intense that the masks we had didn't work at all. I like Fuck that you're God. a connoisseur of CS gas. That's, oh, like a, oh, that's not a thing that everybody has in their repertoire. You <laughs> well, should so put that on your Tim on your can resume. tell you about the flavor profile. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. That's right. That's right. Like there's a fine bouquet with a hint of olive. <laughs> he spits it back out, clears his palate with some water, and spray it again. <laughs> give, give me another, you're not actually me supposed taste. to swallow it. You're, you, you know, like it's like tasting wine. Remember, I mean, when, uh, remember when Homer became a mall cop and he pepper sprayed his eggs <laughs> and then he ate them? That's how it goes. So one of the one of the things I remember when I was in Portland, I, I went into one of the places. This is off duty, so we're just like you know, we went to Whole Foods and got some food. We went to a you know pub and stuff like that. And me and my buddies were walking through, and at some point we went through some park, and there's all the metal railings. As you know, as the CS dissipates, it doesn't go away. It just comes out of the air and it settles. So you'll see it like on on railings, and every once in a while somebody will touch the railing where the CS was, and it activates, or they'll get some of the pepper spray, and it activates on a hand. And so I just remember one of my buddies is like in front of me going down these stairs, and then he reaches hand off and he goes don't touch that rail and we're like what and he's like it's spicy like he couldn't come up with anything else but it was legit spicy you watch him his hand is over there throbbing and you go like oh yeah i don't want this you can put on your eggs you get your man card back if you if you drop to your knees in a high school after stealing a girl's phone and you cry like a girl i think you get your man card back if you put it on your eggs like for the, like that, a week dude i remember when i was like i must have been 12 or 13 and i was in my buddy's garage and he had some pepper spray i was like what is this and i just like sprayed it it was it was horrible it that's, was horrible. That's I didn't punk get the rock, full though. exactly. I didn't get the full effect of like having it directly sprayed in my face, but it was not a fun experience. I was like, okay, now I understand why this is used as a deterrent. Yeah, yeah. You don't want. Yeah, that. I didn't use, like uh, that. Pepper balls are, oh. I think, relatively common now in riot control stuff, and yeah. I've I've been uh, hitting the face with a pepper ball Rico ricochet. So when I was in Baltimore, it was the I think it was the Freddie Gray riots. The cop, for no reason, me and two other people, clearly with cameras filming, he fired at something. I think it was aiming for my face. But it hit something to my left, like the wall, and then sprayed plastic bits and, and pepper all into my face. And I'm like, ah! Did you have glasses on? No. You knew now, though. Eye protection, very critical. Well, normally, like even in my old YouTube picture, it's like with the goggles. Yeah. And I'm like on a roof in New York. And but I you don't know when to put the goggles on, and it sucks to put them on the whole time. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> to, and then we, also, you catch it, we would also late. wear the, the gas masks on our neck and the goggles. And it's just like you want to try to avoid using them because you want to maximize your sensory, you know. For sure. You know, your awareness. Well, that's the other thing. Most people have those things. And you see, I, know, I saw Antifa guys in, in Portland, and uh, I don't know, maybe gals or maybe neither, whatever they wanted to identify us. And they Doesn't have all matter. that equipment. But a lot of them, if you don't train, in that stuff if you don't spend time in it you're you're lost because the second like imagine if somebody just suddenly just gave you just like a tube to look through and you're like here's your new world yeah and by the way you can't hear anything which changes your balance it changes your jaunt like the way you step the way you mm. identify cuts out your peripheral vision you don't know who's standing to your left or your right it, it gets they really dangerous those, they have those scary. full face masks where it's a sheet of plastic basically over your face yep and those are better, but you still have barriers on your left and your right. So it's, you know, looking through, like you said, like a tunnel. Yeah. Well, you imagine the guys that are running out there with night vision. You're a security guy. I was telling me about, well, he's we, like, oh, I got to invest. And it's like, it's a, you got to spend time. Yeah, in. You got to go right. for walks yeah. with night vision on just mm -hmm. in your neighborhood. You, you look you, like you, a psychopath, but you got to do it. I've, I've got some. <laughs> nighttime mischief. Some you might be involved it. in nighttime mischief as long as you stay on the road, right? But well, yeah, you got to Tim? Yeah, I've got the soup, the, the really expensive ones. Are, like are they the, the Panos or are they the... No, the binos. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah like some 31s or something. Yeah, is it, well, I don't know what they're called. But uh, very expensive. They're like 10 grand. That sounds wow. right. And they, they sit right here and you can't see around. It's you bizarre. See straight. They're, you know, they're awesome. Look up at the sky and you that's can it. see satellites. Yeah, and you're no, like, it, it could be a spiritual experience for people. Yeah, it's looking at the sky through night vision is... That's what I did with my mother-in-law. I actually shared it with my mother-in-law. She was like, this is incredible. This is worth the price you of these. You see satellites. Get, yeah, you could see everything. It's crazy. Get IR flashlights for your guns. 
now. Yeah. So you put the IR flashlights mm-hmm. on. Right, right. And right. then when you turn the light on, only you can see the light. It's <laughs> pitch black for everybody else, for and sure. you can see the light. Well, get a laser in there, you're, then you're set to go. Moon's out, goons out. That's right. <laughs> I, I want to exactly jump to this right. uh, story here about Michael Knowles. We got this, this story from TimCast.com. Transheiser Bush, Michael Knowles details <laughs> Bud Light parent company's ties to WEF, wow. saying they're mired in World Economic Forum ESG gobbledygook. He says the tra- uh, Transheiser Bush is still scrambling over the Mulvaney beer can as sales continue to tank, but it's caught between a rock of customers and a hard place called GARM, a World Economic Forum-backed operation, which was subpoenaed Friday by Jim Jordan and the House Judiciary. Here's why. One might think that Bud Light could just apologize and admit they, that men aren't women, but no matter how much Bud Light and parent company AB InBev might wish to rein in the radicalism, they can't abandon the agenda. They're mired in World Economic Forum ESG gobbledygook. He says, Budweiser claims to be a beer rooted in the heart of America, but in 2008, the Belgian company InBev bought, a, uh, bought AB for $52 billion, putting a fixture of American culture into a European rival's hands, per the New York Times. Now it's beholden to the elite of the World Economic Forum, UN and EU. Bud Light's suggestion that the Dylan Mulvaney endorsement was just some one-time thing would be more believable if AB InBev didn't openly admit to wanting to ensure their pro-trans diversity touches upon all functions, including marketing. He says AB InBev has embraced a litany of woke initiatives from ESG to DEI, along with full endorsement of transgenderism, they now foot the bill when employees choose to mutilate their bodies. So I believe, uh, I, want, I want to get the precise language from, uh, here we say, say, we have introduced inclusive benefits such as gender-affirming medical support for transgender colleagues in the U.S. and Canada, and financial and legal support for name changes for colleagues in Brazil and Colombia. So when they say it was just one can and it was a rogue third-party marketing, let me tell you what they're really saying. First, it's not. Second, boy, are they scared. They're lying and trying to pass the buck off in desperation because 26% drop in sales by the end of, I think it was April, what is it, uh, April 15th? So we don't even have the sales data for the, for, for the last, the week after that and the week after that. We're nearly two and a half weeks since those numbers came out. How much you want to bet it's worse. It's, it's be becoming worse. a cultural phenomenon and they are reeling from it. I don't think that, I mean, the the idea that that having this gender bending of of the popularization, popularization of the LGBT community that is popular with a certain segment of the population, but yeah, it's a small segment and mm-hmm. it tends to be younger people. But to think that that's going to work with, you know, even millennials, definitely not Gen X, not boomers and millennials, probably it's still small. You, you get maybe the zoomers, but that's about it. And so like Tim had mentioned before, uh, it, it boils down to advertising to kids and your average person is just like, I don't want to think about that stuff when I'm hanging out with my buddies drinking beer. I don't want to think about your political stuff. And that's really what it is. It's shoehorning sexual politics mm-hmm. or the politics of sexuality into everyday life. And most people just want to live their lives and hang out with their friends. And why and take that shot? Like, yeah, why? Nobody <laughs> wants to. It's they, not popular. They think there are too many people. Simple as that. Yes. So they're creating a culture around people having less children. And I'm fighting that, that one child that, at a time. Yeah, I got a pregnant you gotta, wife. You gotta, so I'm fighting it right now. Actively, you, yeah. you want to win the culture awesome. war. You want to win the culture war. You start with one thing. For every kid they don't have, you have two. That's it. I used to say the same thing about meat. 
when people would say, I'm not going to eat meat because it's cruel. It's like for every cow you don't eat, I'm going to eat too. That gets exactly. really, really hard to do. I could do yeah. it with maybe like one steak at a time. I've done it just as- got to order as twice as many ounces. That's it. You say, is that person over there vegan? I'll get an extra steak. Well, you yeah, just, you send send me stop, the 22 ounce. You have to stop <laughs> meeting vegans too, because eventually you're going to be eating so many extra cows. It's just going to be too much. You're going to become just- like you eat. I had a sergeant I worked with and he would always look at people and he was like, you know, you are what you eat. And we're like, uh-huh. And he was like, to become a tank, you must eat a tank. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he would always eat, he'd always eat like this. Like he would shovel things in for like, like 90 degrees to his face. It's like, I know that's sure funny. That worked. But, uh, but then when someone starts meatheading like that, they start doing it more and more. They start becoming the tank. The more you eat the meat, the more beefcake you have to become, obviously. You know, I watch those videos from Fleckus Talks and uh, those YouTubers will go to Times Square and ask questions like, name a country that starts with the letter U. And they're like, Utah. Nice. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, how many, is then, a, how, many things are, how many things are in a dozen? And like, then someone, and then the, the host will just be like, how about the United States of America? And they go, oh. And it's just like, you have to imagine that Klaus Schwab is watching those videos too. And he's like, don't you get it? This is why I'm doing what I am doing. Like, eliminate the people. They're, they're yeah, too dumb they're, to continue. They're, 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 they're Malthusian, they 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 think there's too many people, and so they quite literally want there to be less of them, mm -hmm. and that's a fact. Does that coincide with AI to be able to do the the grunt work? Because someone's going to still have to well, do all the stupid things. Yes, like, well, like, maybe, but, but I want, let me let me, let me say this. My point, my point was, dad. I want to finish finish <laughs> the point. It is a fact that global elites think there's too many people. Bill Gates talks about it all the time. Sure. It is also a fact there is a culture being built around people not having kids, sterilizing their kids, or sterilizing themselves. Whether or not those two things are related, it's up to you to decide. That's fair. Did you ever read Rainbow Six, the original Tom Clancy uh -uh. book? You've seen the game, obviously. Yeah, yeah, The book itself, and this goes back, somebody has to say how long it goes back. Maybe they'll tell you in the chat like what year it was written, but it goes back and it talks about these global elites who want to get rid of all these people. They set up a utopian set of preserves. They bought up all this land with a ton of money, and then they decide to kill everybody with a super virus. And they almost get away with it, except uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six guys go kill everybody, wow. which is fantastic. But this, the fact of the matter is, is this idea has been propagated for a long time, even in pop culture. Have you played uh, The Division? I haven't played very many games in a while. <laughs> I got little so, kids. The Division is a plague, basically wipes out sure. the, the planet. And then the government activates Presidential Directive 51, creating a continuity of government. And then you're the division to go in and try and restore functions. And you're like in New York in the got apocalypse. So, that sounds like... That sounds... And they talk about that sounds Operation, prophetic at this point, right? They talk like, about Operation Dark Winter, I think it was called. Wasn't that the, one of the actual the, things that was going on? These the, all the, these the, COVID the, reveals, the massive war game about a pandemic wiping out the planet or something like that. Yeah, I, I think we saw a very light version in 2020. The only upside that I ever see about 2020, which which is minimal, because a lot of people lost a lot of freedom, uh, a lot of careers were destroyed, a lot of families, uh, you know, had a lot of discord and stuff like that. The only thing that I saw that was good was essentially that. The, the ball got moved. The goalposts were moved while people were watching in real time. And they did 10 years worth of a jump in a few months. And everyone was like, oh, what, what are they doing? Like, look mm -hmm. at that. They, look, I see it. I see them doing it. They saw the game. Yep. And so some people, not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people were able to see that the game has changed. Yep. And yeah. now they're onto it. So it's a lot harder to pull that stuff off. And they were doing it as a dry run. Mm -hmm. But they revealed their hand. They so, dropped the veil and people saw it. There's a, a, a mutual of mine on Twitter. He's a New Hampshire... Uh, um, legislator his name's mike belcher he's at mike belcher 14 and he's got this great uh theory that uh, alex jones can actually see the future but he can only see the future when he's looking through a potato so mm. it's like this crazy weird way to explain <laughs> the future 
but it still kind of pans out where Alex Jones is kind of right. Is it possible that he's from the future? Because some of the things he said to me, you know, through... He didn't say it to me personally. I, he doesn't speak in my head, although I would take that. That would be th- fun. <laughs> that would be fun. But some of the things he said, I look at it and I go like, I could never even have come up with that idea. His thought experiments that he has, especially about like time travel and, and aliens. I go like, that's probably the most plausible thing I've ever heard. It's possible. And he, and he but said I, it while he was high and, po- and hammered. It's, it's possible, but I really do like the idea of like Alex Jones kind of st- like searing into a potato yeah divining like, the, yeah like divining like, the future like, exactly like it's the crystal ball like some but it's kind just of irish old, fortune teller it's like yeah. it's a big old russet <laughs> you exactly. see that was you who did exactly. that Seamus. no yeah. i don't believe in magic i didn't say anything about potatoes that's fair that's right you're that's fair i did make that it could have been a prophecy yeah, exactly. like, that's also there, true there are many gifts but one spirit right ah, amen. <laughs> what's an irish witch called uh i guess a druid Really? My buddy would yeah, call anybody who wear a who wears a hoodie a druid. Mm. He would yell that at them. He's from New York. Whenever you'd see people walking with their hood down, and they would upset him, he'd be like, "What are you doing, you druid?" And people would like, I was like, "That's a very sophisticated, uh, you know, sort of insult." I'm not 100 percent sure people know what's going. Well, on. I, don't, I don't know. They're not associated with that kind of magic, are they? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Let Stone me double check. Though you know, that was all druids, right? Yeah, they but were, I thought that was more like they came there in astrology. You know? Well, the people who built it, but I think the story was that the Druids kind of adopted it and started doing their own kind of thing because they're like, look at these cool stones. We like to, a seer. We don't have to put anything up. Like a fortune teller or a witch. I don't know if Druids are like looking into into the future. Stones. Well, stuff. I got news for you. None of them are actually looking into the future, uh, but I, I don't know. If, <laughs> I, I Except don't know for the Irish the ones. Druids, looking at I, I, yeah, the Irish. I mean, <laughs> what about Irish, Alex Jones? You're debunking the whole if premise. The Irish here. had the gift of foresight. You know, the world might look a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it's like a like an eleven layer sort of uh, evaluation in one simple little, little sentence. I don't know. Just Seamus always t- tells me that I'm racist for bringing up these Irish jokes, and here he is. He's just going off. Because well, I- I'm allowed to though. You're I'm allowed- Irish too. <laughs> <laughs> no, remember when Lance told you what your ethnicity is? Yeah, when he said that. Although I'm not white, I'm white. <laughs> exactly. So I'm telling you, although you're Irish, you're not. But it's okay because I'm a plastic patty too. I was born here. Don't you have? To I've ju- said this before, dude. Irish people will be like, "Ha! Huh, how can you say you're Irish when you were born in America?" It's like, dude, I'm not bragging. Right? It's, it's an admission. It's an admission. People should know, all right, ethnically where my ancestors came from. So, I think I owe them that, dude. I'm not bragging. <laughs> We have a bunch of other stories too that I want to. Like uh, that you just have Klaus Schwab looking over this this whole meeting and this discussion, and he's just looking down with disgust. An awful that guy, screen. disapproving. Just an he, awful guy. He just looks like a Bond villain. I feel like they're not trying that hard when they cast him. They're like, who could we get to look exactly like? He the dresses bad guy? like a Bond villain. Yeah, because he is a Bond villain. He's <laughs> a legitimate real life Bond villain. He well, sounds so, like so one. I guess we can wrap this one His up by just saying, uh, don't buy Anheuser Busch products, and we're gonna go to super chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, head over to Tim cast.com click join us become a member because we're gonna have a members only uncensored show going live at about 10 10 p.m on the front page of timcast.com for all you to watch and see and uh, i want to talk about jake shields challenging trans men to a fight but we'll save that one for the un for the members only not so family friendly uh, uh uncensored show but uh let's uh, let's read those super chats all right cat good peasant says damn can't believe i've been a member this long i don't don't always agree with you tim because I can make up my mind, but I appreciate your commentary. Chaotic Good Peasant member, 35 months. Wow. That's a very, very long time. I can't believe we've been doing this job this long. It's crazy. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, I was up in the Poconos this weekend, went to a local bar. Bartender asked what I wanted, said, definitely not a Bud Light. 
The locals around the bar laughed. She said, "You're you're not the only one." <laughs> a lot of kegs going just sitting there. I was I've been making those jokes the past few weekends too, and everyone laughs when I mention Bud Light. Like, you know, someone will be like, "You want to get a drink?" Oh, Bud Light, huh? And then everyone just laughs, and then the guy's like, "I'll have a Yingling." Yeah, so people like, have people would rather have a Smirnoff Ice. <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> They'd rather get iced than than have a Bud Light. Do they Light still have right Bacardi now? 03? Is that still a thing? I don't know. Bartles and James. Zima. Well, that's, have you ever seen that, like the, the meme where they have the, uh, it's like the, uh, the thing from the mystery bag. What is that called? Scooby-Doo. They do the Scooby-Doo meme where they unzip the, uh, the, the Smirnoff ice and it's actually just, it's Zima. Yeah. <laughs> Zima. <laughs> it's the same thing. They just changed the label. Alex says, so we just going to ignore murderers who watch leftist content, who's killed people and watched The View, The Young Turks, Chris Cuomo. The well, yeah, of course. Be. Yeah. But the, see, the thing is, we don't got to play their narrative. Of course, they're going to make up stupid garbage nonsense. I don't care, whatever. They're, they're a cult. It's like, you know, it's, it's like a, if a bunch of cultists knocked on your door and told you the moon was made of cheese and they needed money from you, are you going to be like, well, I really don't want to be embarrassed in front of the moon cultists. You're going to be like, get, get out of here. And you're going to wiggle a broom at them. Back up my porch. You crazy moon people. To be so fair, you're only saying that because Moon Lord's not on tonight. Well, I, if he was here, he'd defend himself. <laughs> well, to be fair, too, um, they're already watching The View. Like, what else are you going to be able to do to them? Never. Right? No one should no ever worry about what Heaven's Gate thinks of them. Like they were very to, they were very orderly you i lived in san diego when that went down really and it was very orderly you don't you don't have to worry about what scientology of. thinks about you except for their legal department you unless have you have the right about, nikes yeah so they have purple capes amanda dilt says tim i use some of your videos where guests are talking about their experience to break people out of the matrix hmm. well there you go chris bennett says what watch is kyle wearing it's a seiko Mm. It's a Seiko with a, a cool James Bond, uh, what do you call it, a little band that I put on. Cool. They're called NATO bands. Brian Pike says, we live down the street from the Allen Outlet Mall. We the people. Raj. OMG Puppy says, Bellingcat is an MI6 front. Mm. Well, there you go. So apparently it gets CIA dollars. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the report. It's fairly, fairly mainstream sourcing. So. It's just it's a way to launder intelligence agencies lies yeah, into the corporate press. Like I said, minimally backstopped. So it's because not like they're here's how it works. Right. If uh, someone from MSNBC reports that the, the follower was a fan of me or libs of TikTok, we can't sue them because they're just referencing a security agency. And then we can sue them and they've got infinite funding through the government or whatever it is they're and doing. Infinite lawyers. Right. So it's just it's just a they're they're. Liars, manipulators, they're just gen genuinely evil, Propaganda. evil people. Yeah, it's like if, if you look up evil in the dictionary, you find those people. <laughs> Threat to democracy says, Tim, the next time you and the show talk about religion and giants, you should bring on Wendigoon and or Aiden and Aiden from the Lore Lodge. They know all about that. Also, can I hear Phil do his best Optimus Prime imp impression? <laughs> Autobots roll out. Oh, that was good. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, man. That's pretty good. For on the fly, that was yeah, you know, uh, that I was exceptional. I haven't practiced it, so <laughs> Seamus, can you do Optimus Prime? Uh, probably not as well. He's like Autobots roll out. Do it like an Irish guy. Now. <laughs> do an Irish Autobots oh. roll out. When we were, oh, when we were in Miami, we just kept having Seamus do weird, random mishmash voices. They would throw me like different voices mashed together. Which, what are so, do, do you remember any of the ones that just we did? That were we come up with a new one, man. No, I, don't, I can't remember. Yeah. But it was hilarious. It was like, what did we have? Are they all masculine voices? Yeah, it's like Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro, the masculine, most masculine voice. It's like if you're not getting body, the archetypal is going to hero by metaphor. You're never going to kill a snake guy. It's like, that's Kermit on speed, too. Like it actually works really well. <laughs> <laughs> you just found a hack. 
Like, universal healthcare is bad for America, okay, gang? <laughs> that, that sounds like, like Kermit like, in 1986. <laughs> Juan Jin says, PBD and Timcast is the crossover I've been waiting for. So when does he come over to your show? And also, any plans for future business collabs? I don't know. Yeah, we went. I went. I went down to Miami to go on the Valuetainment podcast with Patrick Bet David, and it was uh, it was awesome. It's a really really fun show. I think we went a little longer than we were planning because we were having such a good time. And uh, they're doing really really amazing stuff down there in in Miami. So I'm really excited for what Valuetainment has. Their offer for Tucker Carlson, 100 million dollars, was real. Yeah, we we talked about what their plans are, what they're doing, and they genuinely were like, yes, they're gonna. They offered Tucker that money. Is that a per year? 25 per year. So I think it was 100 million over four years or something. Okay. And that so that would be, that'd be or about was it five a, years. It's a 25 year, a 25% bump up from what he was making at Fox. Is that he, what it was? He was making 20 a year there. Oh, wow. But he's going to do his own thing and make more money anyway. So. He can. He can yeah. bankroll it. He could do nothing right. or anything. Right? There's part of me that hopes that he gets with, with uh, Musk and actually does the show on Twitter. Is that what they're talking about doing? Well, I don't know, but I know that that Musk has talked talked about content creators uploading video and stuff directly to Twitter. So it may sound a little odd to people, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Musk was thinking that because Musk wants Twitter to succeed. And you know. Elon Musk, hear me out. Uh, Twitter needs a smart TV app, and you should roll that out immediately so that Twitter videos and long form can be played on TV like TV shows. Musk, listen to me. N none of these people are ambitious enough. Just hear me out. <laughs> What you need to do is find a way to just project Tucker Carlson onto the sky every single <laughs> night at every point in the world. Okay, wait, wait. do it right over China so the people living under the CCP can't be deprived of his content. Do it over the United States and, so the censors can't keep him off the air. Bounce the Fox can't fire him. Yeah, you can do it. Get Elon. A, build a giant speaker and bounce the sound off the moon. That's right. He, so that he, it reflects off the moon over the entirety of, of whatever part of the planet. We're the moon all dead. Is That's going to hit the brown note. And the like, left wants you to think I can't project from the atmosphere. I but, can. But the, but he's also got a he, like he has a, a whole gigantic constellation of satellites currently in the air. He's, he could probably do something with that. You, you can just to. take over everyone's phones and you Tucker know? just appears on your phone. Right. That's, but in all seriousness, Elon, please do not do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> please don't put anything in the sky. Please don't put images in the sky. I was memeing. If I brought that upon humanity, I would be very upset with myself. It's like Elon's watching and he's like, actually, that was a pretty good idea. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean it, Tim. Rewind. He, Take he, this he episode it, down. Don't let down. Elon see this. No. I like to think he writes things down on like a, like a piece of paper. He folds it like a very elaborate paper airplane and he throws it to some assistant that just makes it happen. He sends it off to the team of engineers. That's his delivery mechanism. Now we Chris Pavoto says, my eight-year-old son has Down syndrome. For the service guarantee citizenship, please continue to expand that passion for special needs as I'm retired military and he'll never be able to join. Also, still waiting for Phil to read my DM on Twitter. I use my name. <laughs> well, uh, anybody can. The service isn't military. When service guarantees citizenship in Starship Troopers, it could be like working at a library or something. Or it could be any kind of could be cleaning up garbage. It could be, you know, cleaning up parks and be planting flowers. So it's not all about the military. That's why it, uh, it worked. Hypothetically, why it works. Yeah, they, they always act like that was supposed to be a, a cautionary tale when you watch that movie. But I watched it and I was but like, the book oh, wasn't. There's, there's some really good ideas that are being but, but how is it a cautionary tale? It's the weirdest thing. Like, I never, I, I know that the left often said that it was like they're fascists and the guy who made the movie tried to make them look like Nazis. Right. But I'm like, wait, the story is that- They the, were the heroes. The bugs bomb Buenos Aires and wipe it off the planet. So then we respond to try and stop them from doing it again. 
I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm confused. Like they attacked us. It's it's a hundred percent the same thing that happened. If you read Ender's Game, right? It's the same exact right. idea. It's like you can't communicate with them. Right. You have no ability to negotiate. They're attacking you. It's over. You got to go after them and try and wipe them out. This is the only. And option. I don't understand where they're like service guarantees citizenship is a bad thing. No, even think about this. Like people on the left would love, um, what is it called, uh, AmeriCorps, where they send people to go teach. Mm-hmm. Right, you yeah. go teach in a school for for eighteen months. Like you put some skin in the game. Well, when I, when that's I was the whole goal. When I was talking with Vivek Ramaswamy, he just said, "When you sign up for your secrets, when you sign up for selective service, not secret service, selective service. Yes, men and women both do it. When you do, you get a voter card. If you don't sign up, you don't have to. Don't worry about it. But you don't get a voter card. And we're also going to select you. Not necessarily. I mean, like, I like that idea though. The, the, I, the I'm, idea. I'm into is, the idea. We're selecting you to do something. The idea is that only men are signing up for selective service. No one really expects them ever to call ever again, unless it's a true catastrophe. I thought I was going to get called up. You didn't think so? No. They gave me a Gillette razor. Oh, yeah. This is in the year 2000. I got a Gillette razor and I was like, okay, at any moment, like. Really? I mean, I wasn't old enough. Yeah. I just, I just thought around. I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what would happen next. But then right after that was 9-11. Yeah. It was a year later. So that's that's the idea. It seemed like it was a possibility. You can choose not to sign up. Yeah. And then you don't vote. I also wasn't that aware at 18. Yeah. I was, anything I was dumb, like anything to lower the number of uneducated voters, I'm okay with. What do you Not think about, What do you think about property rights? Is that a good one? Well, I mean, I mean, I'm Require, super, property super, rights as a what do you mean? Owning property is a requirement to. Uh, no, nah, it doesn't make sense. There is there. I think there's part of me that wants to say property or business owner. And the reason I say or business owner, because you can start a business on your phone. Agreed. You can start a business. It's it's legitimate. What if you what if your net payment in federal taxes is positive? That you actually have a federal tax that you paid something. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have a say. But if you don't, if you are a net recipient of tax money, then you you don't get that. That may be the best standard. It seems like the easiest one to me. It's like you don't get to vote for a living. Seems like the most basic one. You who are receiving from others do not get to decide. Beggars, it's beggars can't be choosers. That's it. If I'm paying into a system that goes to helping you because you're on you know, hard times, you don't get to vote how my money is taken from me. That's it. I vote how my money goes to you. I get behind that. And then guess what happens? It's 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 a work. It's a it's a it's a fluctuating system. If all of the people who are making money and paying taxes say, "I am tired of paying taxes," we are hereby going to shut off the valve. Then all of a sudden, those poor people stop receiving those benefits and are now eligible to vote. You see how it works? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if so, if so it, it has it, a safety net. It's a two. It can't clause. go too far in one direction. I the, like the, it. The moment you cut everybody off is the moment they say, "Now we're voting because we're net, we're 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 we're, we're net zero or net slightly net positive." So it's it's uh, May the eighth, and we just solved that problem, and that's a big problem. So there you go. Yeah, the, mark, the, the mark issue though is powerful people don't want to don't uh, want to actually have to course. deal with it. Ideologues who are too stupid want conflict in the streets. You're correct. So it's a good solution though. Thomas Sidebottom says you are trapped in a sealed metal tube with a crazy agitated man making threats and growing aggressive. Despite 911 calls, you are at least 10 minutes away from even being able to leave the situation. What do you do? Exactly. Yep. Well, I mean, Joking. criminals are, are never expected to behave, but everyone else who has to suffer through their bad behavior needs to keep a perfectly cool head at all times. It's the old, why don't we pass a law and make that illegal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, they already broke the law. They're doing something crazy and dangerous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what makes you think they're going to follow your second law? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't follow. All right. No name says, Kyle, I was there with you at Lafayette Square after they tried burning down the church, still have a paint stained uniform hanging in my closet from that first night. Those are some memorable nights at the White House. You to man. The 529 insurrection. It's called. That's right. Never forget 529. When far left extremists tore on the barricades in front of the White House, tried storming it, set fire to a guard post and the church, forced the president into an emergency bunker. 
It was a day that the left tried to destroy democracy. Never in our country's history have we been so close to having our democracy completely destroyed. It almost happened. They almost hit the yep. secret. But the, the other closest one was when you put the guy with the Viking hat into the secret chair. If you get him into the chair wearing if the he, helmet, he's, and he he's stood in, in front of it, he then he the takes country. over the government. Yeah, it's, it's just works. we surrender yeah. all of it. It's on the it's the secret ink on the back of the Constitution. I think I think that's what it says. It yeah. says if you're wearing a Viking, and this is why they were so scared of him. Correct, because the Constitution written on the back in pencil. It says, if you wear a Viking hat and sit in this chair, you become king of America. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are requirements for the length of the horns, and I'm not right. confident that his were that, based on the angle I saw on CNN, but it's possible that he could have almost taken it. Still, it was a close call. Very yeah. close. Narrowly avoided You want to hear one. something crazy? I, I sold my house in Virginia a couple years back, uh, 21, I think, and the kid who came, and he was a kid, he was young, who came and inspected my roof, which was also frustrating because he didn't have his own ladder. I found that very off-putting. I'm like, I have to bring my own ladder to do the roof thing. And he was telling me, he was like, oh yeah, man, I, I said something about how I was there at Lafayette Square the day that they they uh, you know ran over the barricades. And he was like, yeah, I spent the night in one of those big uh, chalice sculptures. There's like all these like big kind of like fountain things. And he was in one of them and he hid because the cops were around. Wow. And he hid there all night. And I was like, oh, you're a piece of garbage. Like somebody should have arrested you. And I was a federal agent at the time. And I knew that they wouldn't back me if I tried to go like, well, we should probably detain you and have wow. some questions. It was like, I guess you're just going to continue with my roof. Yeah. So I watched that. I was like, I cannot wait to get out of this area. This like that space near DC. It's so toxic. And, and there's no will to do anything, even yeah. when it's right. It's gross. Kofifi Queen says, cast brew request, broody mama blend. Half calf for broody mamas that want great coffee, but also to spare their little from too much caffeine. Mm. Broody mama. I don't know. I mean, should a pregnant woman have caffeine at all? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. My wife's, she's drinking coffee. Oh, yeah? It, it's, it's, you know what we know they're not supposed to do is alcohol. That turns out right. to be the case. But we did have a lady sit with us one time. She was on her third glass of wine telling us about how she was pregnant. And we're kind of looking at her like, this is a problem. Um, I'm fairly, we figured this out in the 70s and 80s. You're not supposed to do that. And she goes, it's fine. You know, my OB knows. And I'm like, knowing and condoning <laughs> are very different. You have a weird doctor that says, yeah. oh, yeah, I know you drink wine. I guess you're just going to risk it. Yeah, caffeine's not so bad. It's moderation like everything else. Hmm. <laughs> Winston Alexander says, my New Jersey CCW is pending. Told if I shoot a person greater than 15 yards, will be prosecuted. Have yeah. duty to retreat out of home. Four friends, non-family, or LEO to vouch for me. Only can carry handgun listed on CCW. Police chief interview is Wednesday. Wish me luck. It's just not even worth it, man. That sucks. Yeah, the cops, the cops told me, flee from your house. And I was like, I am on the, like, there's only way out is the, is the back. And it's a 20 foot drop or whatever. And they were like, then you will tell a judge. You thought it was more appropriate to kill a man than it was to slide down, you know, the, the banister or whatever, or the, the railing. And they're going to argue that means murder. That means you intended to kill the person because there was an alternative. And I'm like, I jump off 30 feet and break my legs. Nope, doesn't matter. Crazy. Yep. Not America. I think it was like 16, 17 feet, the, the back balcony in the back of my house. Oh, I have we no were, doubt. We were built on a hill. Yeah. So it's like you walk in the front door, but then if you keep walking straight, all of a sudden you're seven feet up. And then the elevated garage was like 17. It was crazy. And that I'm like, it's just nuts. So I'm like, we got to leave this place. Can't be here. Correct answer. Living by your own, uh, by your own advice even. I mean, but this is years ago too. But still, you just, you know, it's that that's not yeah. a sustainable situation. Like, I'm not going to tell people to do a thing that I didn't do, but people say like, oh, I have families. It's, it's too difficult. I can't quit my job. And it's just like, I get it. I know it's hard. I'm, I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm saying one day they're going to come to your house. They're going to smash the windows and they're going to storm in because you're going to be a sympathizer or something. And then you're going to say to my, say to yourself, it would have been less difficult to walk barefoot with my kids than to try and break my kids out of a gulag. 
You know what I mean? Like, I'm giving the most ridiculous and extreme example. But that's my point. Yeah. If it comes to that point, if the riots come to your neighborhood, the question is, is it harder to escape with rioters smashing windows and firebombing buildings, you know, or is it easier to just get in your car right now and have nothing? Either way, you have nothing. In one circumstance, there's violence. In one circumstance, there isn't. Mm -hmm. JTTV says, hey, Shimmy. I heard through the grapevine you have a classic car. Won't disclose which type or year, but my dentist knowing you was a shock. I know why Tim visits Savannah now. <laughs> it's not for my uh, it's not for my old classic car, but um, yeah, I know who he's referring to. Friend of mine, awesome who is he? guy, just a friend of mine from. I've been in Savannah one time. Yeah, I went on a ghost tour or something like that. Yeah, no, I actually wasn't there with with yeah. Tim when he went. No, yeah. we went to that museum on the boardwalk where mm -hmm. they have the serial killer stuff. Mm -hmm. that was yeah, a few, a few years ago, my uh, my car died and then I wanted to buy something new and there was a super old car that needed like a little bit of, of work on it. So I just bought that and then that's... Uh, you you're, know, not, you're not disclosing it at all. No, absolutely. No one can know. <laughs> it's it's genuinely, I mean, I love it. It's not <clears throat> that cool of a car. He's, I, I'll just let him call it classic because the audience might be like, wow. Anything over 25 years. Cool. It is. It is really? technically classic. Yeah, yep, over 25 years old is a classic. I think right. 50 is an antique. Yeah, it was my daily wow. driver. All right, our, our favorite super chatter, The Real Hydro PX says, Tim, I promise you everybody will move if you find them a new job, a new home, and set them up to move. Stop riding that high horse. Listen to this communist over here. <laughs> That's weak. Someone else should give me things. If you give me a thing, I'll take responsibility, but only because you did first, dude. The responsibility is all yours. If you want to stay in New York City, you don't want to leave your job, I got no beef. I'm saying just don't knock on my door and be like, help, help. It's finally happening. I'll be like, come on, man. You know what I mean? Like, come on. I, what do you want me to do about it? Predictable. Yeah, it's like, you do you. I'm not I'm anybody's anybody's king. I'm also not going to give people money in a house or like, yeah, well, that's your responsibility. You know, uh, like, I'm, look, I left Chicago. I left New York well in advance and then said, here's why I did it. And here's why I think you should too. And if your response is, it's really difficult. I can't do it. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I'm just saying what I think you should do. So if bad stuff happens, well, then, you know, there you go. Bad things will happen. Jay Stewart says, SCOTUS has ruled school searches are legal because loco parent. Now, I'm just saying if I was in high school and a teacher walked up to me and said, give me your phone, I would be like, no. And if they try to physically take it from me, then I would physically resist. There's got to be a limit to though. School searches are legal within certain parameters. They may be able to search backpacks, but I guarantee you there's a higher degree of privacy that's required on your phone because of the type of information that's there. There's always like, things can be legal and still have limits and there's gotta be some limits there. Right? We Are Change says, shameless drives a Honda Accord. <laughs> It's actually a, it's so a classic so honda yeah uh, when i was in uh community college i bought a 1989 honda accord hatchback i loved that little oh, thing really? it's long gone that was great it was great but like aren't honda accords a step up like from civics so they're well, kind of nicer yeah they are yeah what, what package what what uh trim it was package? the it was like I an LX, think it was lx yeah, yeah yeah it had the That's hatchback like good, huh? i love that little thing it was it was 2013 See, so it was already a very old it was car an 89. back then yeah yeah that thing an, was fun i had an 88 little acura which was oh almost the exact gosh. same thing yeah. it was a six cylinder and it was a five speed it was super fun it was a box yes so but, but it was you know it was a three liter engine you could do fun stuff with it and you could rev it and i you know double clutch and do all the dumb things like a race car but it looked like you know, it looked, it's it looked like, like what a mom dude, would be it driving. It felt like a little 
go-kart like it felt like a little go-kart that was fashioned up to look like an actual car yeah it was so it was super loud even when you were doing like 40 it felt like you're going way faster than you were yeah and so everything like, would shake yes i <laughs> love that thing man so i good. loved that little thing I, pop I, up I, headlamps i will <laughs> say on the on yep. the moving thing what really bothered me about like the left in occupy was before I got any attention for my work, they were like, oh man, you know, this is the perfect example of what's wrong with the system. See, like, you're like a mixed race high school dropout dude. You're really smart and you're hardworking. Where's your success? Where's you lift? Like, they keep saying, pick yourself up by your bootstraps, but clearly it's not working because the system's broken. Oops. And then a month later, they're like, he's a white kid who was born with a silver spoon. He's a trust fund kid. He was given everything he's ever wanted. And so here I am, like, I left Chicago because of stagnation and crime with a couple hundred bucks cash in my pocket and I was prepared to be homeless and live in the streets. And that story's ignored. And then later I'm like, I left New Jersey and like, well, you're rich. You're, it was easy for you. It's like, oh, you know, oof. I'm like, okay, whatever, man. Like, I'm, you know, do, do whatever you want to do. Low Side Goon says, hey, Tim, my dog Coco passed away early this morning. She was 14 years old. Can you speak on the emotions I'm feeling right now? I remember you discussing it in a previous show. Yes. So the way I describe it is, when, you're, when your dog dies, when a pet dies, you're very, very sad. But that sadness is actually happiness. It is all of the joy and happiness that you are given by that loyal friend for a decade plus being released in an instant. And I don't actually, when, when, when my dog died, when he was old and I was crying, it, I wouldn't consider it pain, what I was feeling. I was crying just like horrendously but it felt good. I don't know how to describe it. It felt good. It, I, I'm remembering exactly why I was feeling this way was a positive feeling because we're, we're, think you know, life life passes on. Life is not. I think lobsters are immortal. You know, you can have a lobster for a long time. But for for the rest of us, we get a certain amount true? of time. Yeah, biologically, biologically immortal. immortal. Yeah. They'll, they'll so get a lobster for a pet, and you'll them. you'll have a great time. Yeah. But uh, we know dogs are going to pass, and That's we get a, a small amount of time to to experience all of that happiness, and then one day it's like a you know, a bomb of emotion goes off and all of that is released at once. So that's how I, how I describe it. I think, I think it's a good thing that that pain you're feeling speaks to how powerfully happy you've been made. And another way I kind of put it is you're paying back your dues. You were given all of that joy and happiness and now you're mm -hmm. repaying it in, in a very quick moment. It's balance of the universe, man. But it's always a net positive. You know, I always think back and it's just, just, Good memories. It was totally worth it. And the question I, I have for people when they say like, you know, they're hurting is, would you exchange the 14 years you had with your dog so that you were not crying right now? That's it. Of course not. Mm -hmm. Never. And then it's like, the crying is a good thing. You know, it's like, it just, it, it's life. That's how I feel about humans too. Everybody wants to be younger. Nobody wants to grow old and die. And I'm kind of like, we are humans. We grow old. We die. Just, I'm not going to cry about it. It's part of the bargain. It's like, I mean, I, I will literally cry about it, but I'm not going to like, life is unjust oh, and like flip over a table or anything. I'm going to be like, we have reached this point. There's something about people have gotten so far away from um, from biological death as yeah. part of the, the cycle. Like, you know, people are so removed from it. They don't know where their food comes from, that, that yeah. something has to die for them to be able to eat, that they don't understand that that's something that this used to be part of everyday life for every person until five seconds ago being like being, the last hundred years being angry at reality for reality yeah you like is so detrimental to 
any ability to enjoy your life. If you're mad because you're subjected to a reality that you don't get to control and that you're going to end and and all of the things that we as humans have to you know, manage to cope with and stuff, if that turns you bitter and angry, you're going to have a miserable life. Yeah. You, know, you have to worry about the things you can control and the things you can't control. You have to do your best to let go. And mortality happens to be one of those things you can't control. So. Yeah, it's it's a fact of life. And uh, although many people try to, you know, they try to reduce that. And there are actually like a lot of industries that try to, you know, there's not a lot of people that understand that grief is part of the cycle. Our culture has tried to get rid of that. Yeah. Have you noticed? I mean, that is a, is a big piece of, a, of almost all cultures, especially ones that have old, you know, roots going back. That Grief is part of the experience, even for very young people. This is getting very, the industrial revolution has consequences. Oh boy, Ted. Look, you can start reading Ted Kaczynski's, uh, um, what do you call it? His manifesto. His manifesto yeah. And you'll be like, I, I actually oh, saw I, someone... It, Man, it's troubling when you go yeah. like, yeah, Ted Kaczynski was a bad dude. Because I remember when he got wrapped up and you go, thank God. Yeah, they got the bomber. And then you start reading it and you're like, oh, that guy was a prophet. He just didn't really uh, execute his ideas no, very well. he just had a yeah. terrible idea about what the post office is for. Listen, <laughs> right. completely wrong. Say, you can have fantastic. My dad used to say this. Uh, great, good idea, bad execution. Yeah. I think that's yeah. exactly it. He was saying the right thing. He took the wrong route on how to uh, deliver that message. And that's right. delivering it in a bomb is and always de- the wrong Delivering answer. it via the and, USPS actually, the is bad. Which is why it's funny with the whole like Texas... Uh, shooter thing i'm like the milk toast show where we repeatedly tell everybody violence solves nothing and is not the tactic for winning political victories and then they try to imply that we in some way would ever encourage anybody to do anything close to that stupidest thing ever it's ridiculous but again we not to beat a dead horse but it literally is just projection because they were doing all that stuff about the trans day of rage blah 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 blah, all that stuff before then you can look at all of them yeah and then the trans person goes and actually commits a, a heinous act and and they're like oh blame everything except for the trans person and the people that were firing up trans people as much as they possibly could telling as telling them there's a genocide going on and and but the stochastic terrorists are tim pool because uh, a, a neo-nazi watched this show once maybe a neo-nazi Ridiculous. probably not and more importantly as you mentioned a second ago too about what happened in may in 2020, right? And when, yeah. they, when they when they go into the, I think it was, was it May? When 529. 529 was the day when they actually did the- uh, The White House, John St. John's yeah. Church. So all that, that looks like a seditious conspiracy to to incite a rebellion or an insurrection to me. Absolutely. Like that, that is but Republicans like. right now should be filing those charges and they're not doing it. Well, they don't control DOJ because DOJ is- They could be filing subpoenas the and they could be doing the 529 commission. Yes. But they don't do it. I'm for that. I'm for the 529 commission. Make that trend. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the majority of the public is too, actually. Maybe not 529 specifically, but according to data, more of the public wanted the 2020 riots looked into than wanted January 6th investigated. I did a, I did a um, kind of a thought experiment the other day because somebody brought up the Charlottesville, um, the mm-hmm. Unite the Right rally. Mm-hmm. And how much was that the dry run for what they pulled off for the January 6th story? Mm. The messaging there was so overwhelmingly ridiculous and it was so one-sided when the reporting that you ended up doing the exact same thing, but they did it better with January 6th. I feel like they actually honed their game. Five years later, they executed even a better version of that. They had way more substance with the Charlottesville because there was actual... There were actual neo-Nazis there. Not many, by the way. There were probably all the neo-Nazis that are on the Eastern Seaboard were in that one place. Compared to the number of neo-Nazis that were actually at January 6th. Six, there was there's a lot more and it was it was it was a arguably you could say that unite the right was a right-wing you know radical 
uh, you know, uh, event or whatever. But the January 6th riot, that was not a far right radical event. That was, there's way too many people there for it to be truly actually far right and radical. I just love that. Okay. I just want to mention one more thing about Charlottesville that that is what Joe Biden claimed his motivation for running for office was. He said, I ran for president because I saw Charlottesville. Like, shut up. That is not why you decided to run for president. I want to talk about the uh, Jake Shields fight challenge with Mac Beggs. So Jake Shields, MMA fighter, Mac Beggs, trans wrestler, biologically female, five foot two, Jake Shields, six foot oh. So we're gonna talk about that in the members only uncensored show, which will be live on the front page of TimCast.com in about 12 minutes. So become a member by going to TimCast.com, clicking join us, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL, basically everywhere. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Kyle, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, you can follow me at Kyle Serafin on Twitter, on True Social. You can go to KyleSerafin.com. You can see the show that we do where we share uh, government whistleblower stories, which I think hopefully turns the tide a little bit. Right on. My name is Seamus Coughlin. What I want to shout out right now is the St. Joseph's Novena that we're praying for the working class in this country uh, in this time of economic uncertainty for the unborn and also for our enemies like the people at Vox, Dylan Mulvaney, those we disagree with, and that America will return to God. So if you guys want to go over to my Twitter account, it's one of my most recent tweets, has a link to this EWTN EWTN Novena. I believe we're on day seven right now, so getting close to wrapping up. I am Phil Labonte, uh, Phil that remains on Twitter, Phil that remains official on Instagram. The band is all that remains. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, and all of your YouTube links there. And I am Surge.com. If you want to chat with me, I'll be in the comments tonight. I'll start doing that again. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Surge.com. Spell it out. We have a new documentary, two of them, that are coming out very soon. We've got Infringed, which is Lauren Southern's documentary on gun control. And then we have another one on the Federal Reserve and the banking system. You'll notice at TimCast.com, there's a new documentaries section. We're going to be regularly producing them, maybe uh, a couple every few months. Hopefully, we can crank out just tons of awesome, you know, full-length documentaries. We may not be able to release Infringed tomorrow because we're, we're having our lawyer go through the standard usage stuff and, like, giving us notes. So it may take a little longer than we thought, but probably within the next few days, maybe a week. Check that out. Become a member at TimCast.com, and we'll see you all in the Uncensored show in just a few minutes. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win.